How you keep that suit white with all the bullshit you pack into it? Well, that's the guy I've been worried about this whole time. Keep him. Like it or not, there is no escaping this. Oh, just some Christmas. Maybe you should ask yourself what kind of person hired you. I've told the truth and tried to make this city a better place. The people in power decided to tear me down. Believe me. It'll be the last thing that you do. I'm ready. All right, folks. This is, well, yeah, I guess I'm Ronan tonight. I'm not Jeff. No true knowledge. I am Ronan. I am the MCU's bleeding edge, uh, fucking broke dick version of uh, Ronan going on here. And uh, I'll be moderating in my uh, Ronan, uh, you know, personality or character or whatever. So, don't you know, I don't know what that's going to mean, but we'll see. Uh, we're on the bleeding edge. We're live, as always, like we always are on Wednesday evenings. Uh, I'm co-hosted by Cybernetic Shark, the veteran YouTuber. And a good friend of mine uh, that likes to keep me in line and uh, make sure I'm a good boy. Um, he is the voice of reason on the bleeding edge. And um, on top of that, as always, we are joined by an eclectic and fun and wonderful group of individuals on our guest panel made up of um, mostly Geek News Now Network type folks, which uh, is a, a definite plus. Uh, since we're a member of Geek News now, and uh, happy to be there, and I want to shout out Damon and David and all of the the fine, wonderful people at GNN. We love you. You guys are great. Can't wait to have all of you at some point get on the bleeding edge and uh, find out what it's like to uh, experience me. It's great. So, anyways, we've got Cam struggling through a a a life and death uh, illness. Um, he has made it. Uh, anyway, from his hospital bed, it is on the guest panel on the bleeding edge. Thank you, Cam. <laughs> no, no problem. Thanks for having me, despite my crippling, crippling illness. It's all right. Man, hey. Look, technically, any illness could be life or death if you don't end up surviving. <laughs> look, I mean, I, I get it. You know, with the bleeding edge, I mean, I can see why somebody would be like, you know, almost like about to die, but still come on the show and want to like do their their duty and shit. You feel me? I get it. I understand. You know. But it's all good. Absolutely. You 
we're happy to have you, Cam, as always. We're, we're going to have Cam for a short period of time, so we're going to make the most out of his ass while we got him. Uh, you know, because he don't play. He delivers. On top of that, might as well stick with the GNN folks and go right to Chris. Chris, you know what? I'm not even going to introduce you. I'm just going to let you do it, man, because you're the man. Thank you very much. Uh, hey, I'm Chris. I'm also known as Vaze. For, it's a Vaze production. I'm also known as Vaz. I don't really care how people pronounce things. But, you know, I do a lot of stuff for GNN. I host their MCU Mondays. We talk about a lot of the same stuff you hear on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. But we got our style, and these guys have their style, and I like both our styles. <laughs> So oh, yeah. sometimes I like to come hang out here. Sometimes I like to do it over there. We're we're Monday nights. They're Wednesday nights. And uh, we all like to talk about, I mean, we're all fans, right? So it's good to hang out and talk. That's right. You know what? And at the end of the day, Chris is one of those rare individuals where I would rather just go ahead and let him fucking tell people who, you know, who he is. Because uh, <laughs> I don't, I want to make sure that I get it right. You know? Who are you? I mean, there's, you know, who's anyone? It's the, that's right. It's so much more than, hey, here's my, you know. But thank you. Chris doesn't, Chris doesn't know what to do when he comes up the bleeding edge because he's kind of fucked up too, just like me and out there a little bit and whatnot, <laughs> you know. So, like, you know, it, it's such. This is such an open creative space for him. He doesn't even know what to do with it. Hmm. I do try to be more conservative and. Let's stick to the facts when I'm on like Geek News now. I mean, we have our fun. Don't doubt it. But uh, it is like under Geek News now. So I feel like an obligation to be a little bit more. I hear you, man. Me hmm. too. I mean, you yeah. know, like obviously you can tell by like some of the shit that I do and like say and whatnot <laughs> during our show is that I definitely agree with you. And I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, do the same thing, you know. But uh, no, I'm not really doing that. But at the same time, <laughs> um it's all good. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I don't blame you, man. I mean, I wouldn't copy the bleeding edge model either. You know, it's probably not a logical fucking thing, but hey, it's all good, man. Uh, so beyond that, once again, uh, sorry it took me so long to get to you, Renee. I, I, I'm sorry if, if you felt lonely and like, uh, like, like I wasn't like paying attention to you. No, I'm but, fine. Um, Renee is back from the Sakar.freeforms.net podcast of champions group, a friend of the MCU's Bleeding Edge. And it is nice to see you again, Renee. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here. And I want to go ahead and just really quick to shout out Renee and, and let her know that we really, really appreciate the fact that she has stuck with us and rolled with us all through the Hawkeye series, episode after episode. So, you know what? That's great. Anytime you can have something like that go on, um, I certainly appreciate the hell out of it. Well, thank you. You know, and you definitely contribute and bring something to the table too. So, you know, you're no joke. Um, don't don't fool around with Renee. <laughs> All right, I got my comment section actually working tonight. I have no idea what any of these stupid comments are that I get in the comment section. You are to eck. I don't know what that means, man. Is that like Klingon or some shit? No idea. It's uh. <laughs> Yeah, let's call it that. All right, cool. You know, cyber, spam bots, dude. It's cyber, proof you're popular. We might need you to dedicate some time to do some research, cyber, so you can understand the delusional like bullshit that people put in the comment section at times. Uh, I understand it usually because I'm on there quite often, so I've seen comments like that before. So it's usually a link that they're trying to send you that they want you to click on. Yeah. Well, I might actually, it actually makes me think, you know, I might actually contact, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, 
what is it what is it uh, um that that uh, informational educational website that you can go on um Wikipedia? Uh, no the one that offers courses um skillshare yeah skillshare i was thinking maybe i should maybe i should like you know uh hit skillshare up and see if they'd be down to let me do a course where i'll like i'll educate and explain to people how to um translate straight gibberish you know what i mean like i think that could be really really worthwhile um so anyways you know what like the highlight for me has always been when we had a nazi in the comment section one time so if anybody tonight can like outdo a nazi coming on that would be fucking hot i'd like that that would be good um you know anyways so on to the actual like reason why we're here on the mcu's bleeding edge we are here to do a hawkeye finale review yes the damn hawkeye series is over already man shit it's done um you know we got no marvel coming up after that we don't know what's going on we're blowing in the wind i mean cyber has anything changed do we have any official idea about what's coming next uh the last twitter the last like hearsay i've heard is that probably the next one will be uh she hulk um because that's what ah. they were kind of referring to like when kevin feige had one of his um like he did an interview or something like that he was a lot of talk about she hulk was in the mix and he kind of was like saying oh probably the next thing you'll see is she hulk and i think that's the reason why we got so much of kingpin in Hawkeye, and then also in Far uh, No Way Home, we got that kind of that Matt Murdock thing. I think that was kind of a prelude to She-Hulk too, because they're trying to ramp us up to get ready for that courtroom, that like that vibe of like what Daredevil brought from Netflix. So I, I, I that's the last thing I heard was supposedly that's probably what's going to come next, along with What If season two. Um, so we might see what if season two before we see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness too as well. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. That was a very valuable and informative comment there, Cyber. I appreciate that. You know what? I mean, I know this is a little bit off topic, but I want to go ahead and open up real quick just on this, just a little mini segment real quick and just go around the table uh, on this topic of uh, what's next uh, from a Disney Plus series standpoint. Uh, what fits? What do you think works from a balance standpoint? What have you heard? Uh, Chris, what do you think, man? What do you think we'll get next? What do you what would you like to see come next? Uh well, obviously, Multiverse of Madness has been like I was looking forward to that more than Spider-Man. Now, Spider-Man ended up being since I first heard about it and then saw it, like the hype got bigger, the movie itself was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm still very much looking forward to Multiverse of Madness. That's what I want to see next, as far as what might come next. I like what Cybernetic Shark shark was just saying about uh she hulk and especially considering that we just saw so much kingpin we're going to talk about that when we talk more about hawkeye uh but we also got that charlie cox i'm a really good lawyer i mean that was literally in the spot so you got that confirmed that confirmed it, it's putting all these pieces together i don't know what they thought they were going to get if we're talking about the season finale we're, we're talking about it yeah spoilers um and we're talking about where it's going to go from here. I mean, that's like future spoilers. So, spoiler, spoilers. Uh, well, out of the with, Disney Plus series, Chris, what would you personally like to see come out other than She-Hulk? Um, I'm excited for... Well, I know Secret Wars is, like, happening because there have been tons of hints of that throughout all the last things we've seen. Like, 
saw it in WandaVision. We saw it in this, that. We saw it in <clears throat> the last Spider-Man movie before this one. And it was referenced again in this one when he's talking about Nick Fury the whole time. And then Nick Fury's been off planet. So we also have, so we have Secret Wars, but I want to see Armor Wars. What I want to see is um, what's his face come back? The guy from Iron Man 2. Oh, Justin Hammer. Sam Rockwell's character. Yes, Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer. I want him to come back because if they can do all the great stuff that they're doing, Sam Rockwell's amazing. He was amazing in Iron Man 2. Just bring him back. So if I if, if you're asking me what I'm looking forward to, it's Justin Hammer in Armor Wars. That's kind of like my secret like hope, you know. But what I really want to see now that they've on you know, like Cybernetic Shark was saying, now that we've seen Vincent Nafrio, now that we've seen Charlie Cox, and now that we know that She-Hulk is coming up and she's a lawyer, and it would be a- amazing to see some of that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yes, that is you. the stuff that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> thank you, Chris. I appreciate that because, you know, I'm a big Daredevil fan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, um, that is a great reason to want She-Hulk to be the <clears> next, <throat> the next uh, series that comes out because that means that, like, hopefully we'll we'll get not just uh, Charlie Cox, uh, but you know, Matt Murdock, but maybe we'll actually get a Daredevil in the suit Daredevil. Uh, that would be good. Um, so, um, you know, moving on from that, um, going to you, Renee. Um, which are you happy if She-Hulk ends up being the next series? Do you feel like that fits? Is that is that a good balance off of the Hawkeye and the what if? Um, you know, what if we end up with what if season two as like the next series? Because I've heard that potentially could happen. Uh, what do you think? Well, I haven't watched too many of the what ifs. I've watched a couple of them. Um you know, as far as for someone like myself, I think it's Whatever comes, I, I, I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of expectations because I'm not. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be <laughs> Yes. Go ahead, Renee. I'm sorry, something something interrupted me there. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Technical difficulties. Okay. Um, anyway, it's just what's coming next as far as the TV shows go. Um, probably the Oscar Isaacs. Because that's you know just because he's in it that that's that has me excited, and likewise. Ooh, Moon Knight to, to the next um, Daredevil. I mean, not Daredevil, but the next Doctor Strange uh, outing. So I'm looking forward to both of those. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty loose. Whatever comes, I'm just gonna be open to it, you know, and not be disappointed hey. when my favorite guy doesn't come on or something. Like I, hey man, like I said, like 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 sure. the like the meme said that you couldn't hear, Renee. The meme the meme that you couldn't hear said. Could be good, could be shit. There you go. That's it okay. right there. <laughs> okay. There you go. Oh, look who's back. Sorry about that. My my browser crashed. Cam heard the word Moon Knight and he just bounced. He was like, you know what? The hell with Moon Knight. Oh, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Moon Knight's what I'm, what I'm most I'm just excited kidding, for. Man. Oh, I'm just joking, dude. It was a good setup. It was a good setup. She said Moon Knight and you were out. Yeah. Yeah, my browser crashed. My stuff ain't exactly the most reliable. Nah, hey, 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 it's all good, bro. It's all good. You know, as long as we get it done, we get it done. So anyways, Cam, um, no, yo, hey, I'm stoked for Moon Knight too. But uh, the question is, are you happy if She-Hulk is going to be the next Disney Plus series? Do you feel like that fits? Um, if it's, you know, I've heard rumors that it might be What If Season 2. Um, you know, what do you think? And then, you know, is there is there one show particular in particular that you'd like to see? Uh, well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, 
I mean, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm certainly happy that they're doing She-Hulk at all. Um, well, I mean, whether or not she comes next, I mean, it's not necessarily a huge, huge deal for me. Uh, my main, my main holdup is uh, I don't want them to release these shows in a way that bounces too much, uh, so much around the timeline that it starts to confuse the viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want it to be a situation like, you know, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, where it's like, okay, well, this person died in, in season two, episode three, but then they were alive again in season three, episode six. So what's happening here? You know what I mean? Yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited for She-Hulk. I don't know very much about her character, to be honest with you, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the fact that this show is going to give me more of an opportunity to explore that character. Um, and uh, as far as what I'm, you know, wanting to see and what I'm most looking forward to, I mean, definitely Moon Knight. You know, I I love the idea of his character. I ha- I haven't read many of his comics. Um, I mean, I I have seen little snippets of him here and there, but uh, I I love the idea of his character. I love Oscar Isaac. I think he's a fantastic actor, and and from from what I've seen of some behind the scenes type stuff, it looks like he's really committing himself to the stunt work as well. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that if nothing else, we'll get some you know really exciting and well filmed well filmed action. So you're talking. So okay. So you're focusing on the action aspect. You're saying that like he's really like put been putting the work in and whatnot to really be doing the stunts when it comes to the combat and everything. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, for with a character like that, you know, obviously uh, action is going to be a huge part of it. But uh, uh, what, what we've what we've discussed this before, for the most part, when I watch the MCU, uh, what what keeps me coming back are the characters, uh, the drama that gets you know generated. Uh, they, the, the action is, you know, often really good. Uh, the spectacle is often really exciting, but what, what keeps me coming back is well-written characters, uh, you know, re- really good, relatable situations that they find themselves in where it, get, it, it goes beyond just they experience some kind of emotional turmoil just because, just because something happened. Uh, I want them to be challenged not only physically, but emotionally as well. You know, that's why movies like, you know, the Winter Soldier are some are some of my favorites because you you do see a lot of that. Yeah, most definitely, and I think that's a really good point to make. Um, to be completely honest with you, um, uh, Cam, because I know it sounds kind of weird, and I, I I don't know how to necessarily totally explain or define what it is that I that I that I tangibly see in the connection, but I feel like there is a possibility that the Moon Knight series could actually, in some way come off in a way kind of like Captain America um, Winter Soldier, like that vibe. I could see it going in that direction. Um, and um, honestly, I mean, I think that for me, the way I see it, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not excited for Moon Knight, then um, like, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I really don't. And um, really, I mean, for me, uh, when I when I look back at looking at the uh, the teasers that were put out from the Disney Plus Day event or whatever the little the little bit of snippets that they put out the the way Oscar Isaac's voice was in the trailer when he spoke his voice was different than anything I've ever seen from him I've never heard him talk like that before ever in anything um, and I thought it was great uh, so anyways you know moving on um. Before we get into the Hawkeye finale review, I want to just really quick uh, jump into something that is really, really, really in demand as far as like conversation right now. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. 
Um, everybody here on the, the show has seen it. Uh, spoilers for everybody out there who has not. Um, but we're, we're going to do just a quick, you know, run around the table real quick a couple times and just kind of BS on Spider-Man uh, real quick, kind of loose. And then we'll jump into the Hawkeye review. So I guess just starting off with you, Cyber, um, you know, you, has, you just saw Spider-Man. Um, what were your highlights? Everything. Everything about this movie was fantastic. Uh, I mean, it definitely was very fast-paced. It almost felt like an extension of Far From Home for me. Um, but other than that, I thought overall it was a really fantastic film. I love what they did with the villains from the other universe. I love that they explained it. I liked the evolution and the thought of them trying to like fix them basically to you know so that they don't want to be criminals anymore. I thought that was an interesting concept. And definitely the ending of the film, that final battle sequence was just so much fun and getting all that awesomeness that we've been all speculating about. Um, since this movie was being, you know, being made and all that, you know, came to fruition. So that was really fun. I just really enjoyed it overall. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what I really enjoyed. I was just looking around real quick at the screen and I saw Chris and his uh, window and it looked like it was flipped like horizontal and shit. And it kind of reminded me of like my acid tripping days in a way. It was nice flashback there for a minute. Um, you know, but anyways, um, so Chris. Uh, since I've already brought you into the focus here, um, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts, Spider-Man, man? Uh, well, you were there on MCU Mondays. We just talked about uh, that's that is entirely what we talked about with Spider-Man. So you know a lot of my thoughts on it. But for anyone who didn't get to hear us, uh, I'll throw out some quick things. It was very much different than your typical MCU Spider-Man film. This was actually a departure from Iron Man Jr. and more a transition into classic comic Spider-Man and Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Uh, again, the parts with all the Spider-Man together were some of the best. And not, not even then, but yes, then there were some memes that were just brought to life on screen. And it's like, thank goodness you didn't miss this opportunity. Because when I saw them all pointing at each other and doing the which one you like, you know, the meme, that one, I was just like, yes. When Willem Dafoe was like, I'm something of a scientist myself. I was like, yes. And then the fight scenes when he's going, Willem Dafoe also is the standout actor of this film. I have to give him the utmost credit for just, he should win. A, I think he should win like a best supporting actor for this. Like if they give it and anything, at, at least he should get that. But, uh, it's really great. If okay, I'm not gonna say it's perfect because the whole like the suit fabricator thing that they brought out was like it could just make anything. We'll just have it make anything. I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, that's ah, a comic book. It was so minor that I was and I was enjoying the film so much that it could just do that. Like that's the thing about this film is it is just so much fun that you're just like, who cares? I'm enjoying the hell out of this. It's a, it's a blast. It made me, and hearing the people cheer, it was amazing to actually go to a theater and enjoy the theater experience. I loved hearing people cheer at different parts, different sections of the theater erupted. Sometimes it was all of us. Sometimes it was like just certain people in different, but throughout the entire movie, people are cheering. It's amazing. It's good. Well, uh, most definitely. And like I was saying in the comments uh, there on the screen, 
I'm telling you, I do not know how Ronan drinks alcohol and whatnot while he's getting his Ronan on and shit and everything in his costume. Um, but he must like know some strategies or tips or like something like that or whatnot to be able to make it happen because I'm over here trying to get my buzz on. Now, see, you're just emulating the wrong character, okay? Ronan would not be getting drunk before going out to assassinating people. Now, you're going to be looking for Deadpool, all right? How does Deadpool drink with that mask on? That's who would have the answer to that question. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, Deadpool is just like <laughs> Deadpool is just like crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yes, you know. that's why he's the perfect person to ask. He's probably dealt with this problem before. Ronan would be like, "You're shaming me. You're shaming yourself." <laughs> well, you're shaming you know. my entire disintegrated family right now. There you go. That's <laughs> why. That's why Wolverine. If you look at all of his costumes over the years and the decades and everything, has never worn a mask that like covers up his mouth because he needs to be able to fucking get drunk. You know, like it's that simple. But he Wolverine, can't. Wolverine, you know, he can't get drunk because of his healing factor. But you know what I'm saying, though. He's always drinking beer all the time and everything. You know what I mean? Of the comics and whatnot. Well, yeah. Um, you Maybe know. it wears off like very quickly. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And smoking cigars. I assume, again, because he can't get liver disease or lung failure. Although, if you have seen Logan. That's a great point that for Chris. That to adamantium. Great connection. Great connection to Captain America, the first Avenger, when he can't get drunk anymore because of the super soldier serum. That's a, it's the same deal with Wolverine because he again was one of the super soldier serum experiments. I think I think he was um number 10 or 12 or something like that. Weapon uh, X. Weapon X, yes. Uh Cam, Spider-Man, what were your highlights? <laughs> uh well, as as far as highlights, you know, definitely seeing uh uh Matt Murdock make a little cameo was very unexpected for for the most part a lot of this movie went kind of basically the way that i thought it would uh so so even though i didn't run into any spoilers uh there wasn't a whole whole lot that surprised me uh not that it wasn't still you know really exciting to see you know andrew garfield toby Maguire, everybody everybody all come together uh see see all these villains again uh it's it, it still went kind of the way i thought it would uh and it, uh, I thought I thought it was a really good film. Um, it's uh, I, uh, I I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I kind of like uh, uh, the Spider Verse movie just a little bit more than this one. I, uh, I I still think that it's just a little bit better. But uh, but but Far From Ho or or No Way Home is definitely in, in my top three favorite Spider Man films for sure. Uh, and uh, and I think that uh, you know it's. Chris kind of said it earlier. This is definitely very much a film about how Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man and not just, you know, uh, uh, Peter Parker with all this tech. It, it, you know, we, we see him in his, you know, dingy studio apartment at right. the end. We hear, you know, his landlord talking about rent at the end. You know, it, it's like, okay, we're back in Spider-Man territory now. That's right. Yeah, Cam, they are. They're, they're definitely setting up a more comic book accurate Peter Parker. That's what they're doing. That's what they're going to give us, I hope. Uh, and, and I hope what that means is that we're also going to get things like Kingpin becoming a part of his universe, potentially. You know what I'm saying? As as a villain. Because he's big in the comics with him. Um, you know, I hope that that means that they decide to do what they should do, the smart move, the logical move, and go ahead and real quick uh, connect Spider-Man with Daredevil, you know, and build that connection, build that relationship. Um, cause it's a special one in the comics. It's very practical. It makes sense. 
you know, Daredevil's in Hell's Kitchen. Um, you know, Spider-Man covers the entire New York City, does all the bureau, the boroughs basically fighting crime. They're both New York City products, you know. Same reason why you get a lot of Spider-Man and Punisher and Daredevil and Punisher in the comics. You know what I mean? He's well, that's also why you had like Luke Cage, the whole Defenders. They're all like New yep. York Super. So, they so are. many of these guys are based in New York. I mean, that's where Avengers Tower is, but who bought that? That's another question that was thrown up in the air. But you're absolutely right. As far as Daredevil and Spider Man go, I'm just going to throw this out there again. And I'm not trying to throw a wrench into anyone's gears when I say this, but yes, it makes perfect sense to have Spider-Man and Daredevil hang out. People were actually complaining on, I saw it in comments on Facebook that he didn't swing by at some point, like in this last episode of Hawkeye. But the thing about Spider-Man is he's still owned by Sony. So anything that happens with Spider-Man connecting with MCU characters has to be an agreement between Disney and Sony. And so they have to come together on that. So I don't think you're, I don't know how much Spider-Man you're going to be seeing in a Disney Plus live action show because, and now that's where kind of all this goes up in the air because they have the old Fox Spider-Man shows. They own that now because they bought Fox, but the, the now the character is owned by Sony. And so any, again, anything they do, they have to like work together on. So it's going to be tough for them to do something on Disney Plus. Now, now, again, I'll always throw this out there. Both Disney and Sony love money. That's why they've been throwing these movies together. But if you do remember the end of Spider-Man, like we were saying, they're setting up a much more comic Spider-Man, as in not associated with the Avengers, as in not associated with the MCU, as in very much friendly neighborhood spider Like, So I don't know. I, it's it'll, it's going to be interesting to see how much I wish... Hey, man. That they hey. would bring Daredevil and Spider-Man together, but I don't know. I don't know. They should they should get me involved in the in the um in, in the in the uh uh the com the conversation and the communication and the negotiation between Marvel and Disney and Sony because I can tell you right now, I'm not afraid to play like Kingpin and play dirty and shit. And I would just like set up Amy Pascal, you know, with like Hugh Jackman, you know, like a naked Hugh Jackman or whatever, like have him throw him throw himself at her or whatever, and like, you know, like beat it, beat wait, it up. Wait. Real quick. <laughs> These are beat your negotiations? Up. You know, beat it up real quick, drug her, you know what I mean? And then, like, force her to <laughs> sign a fucking contract, like, giving Spider-Man back to Marvel Studios and Disney. That is okay. done. Done deal. When that hap when that kind of shit happened behind closed doors, Harvey Weinstein, it still got found out, okay? So the thing you're suggesting is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, man. I'm talking about, listen, this is this is very feminist uh, driven here. Like I'm talking okay. about, you know. I regret saying what I said. I'll just. This is, pro, this is pro woman, man. You know what I'm saying? No. I mean, hey, you know, independent, strong women are, are you know, they appreciate and, uh, you know, and deserve uh, really hot, attractive men like, you know, like Hugh Jackman to pursue them like that, you know. And Amy <laughs> Pascal probably, uh, you know, hasn't gotten any action in a while. So, I mean, she looks pretty stiff. Um, you know, anyways, that's okay. Um, Renee, Spider Man. Yes. What do you think, man? I haven't heard anything really from you about it so far. Well, I saw it yesterday and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, it, it, it ticked all the boxes as far as what I expect from a Marvel movie. Um, yeah, I think talking about how. Um, how Peter Parker has now he at the end of the film he's nobody knows him at this point nobody 
So the only person he's really, he's going to have to turn to somebody. So Daredevil, I think, would be the logical choice for him to uh, become friends with. So they can, he's going to have to talk to somebody about this and his, his life and everything. Plus the fact that he's, they've sort of entered an adult phase for the, for the, it's, it's no longer about teenagers in high school. The two buddies are going off to MIT. You know, of course, they're going to be developing all kind of wonderful tech things for the, whatever, for the Avengers down the road, but we can assume. And he's, I guess he's just going to finish high school. He's show you, like, throw a GED book down, so I guess he's just going to go get his test and be done with it that way. So, yeah, he's he's put himself into a very, very lonely, isolated spot at the end of the movie. So the plot going forward, I think at least his personal plot will be to how he comes again, makes himself known to his friends again and everything. Um, so there'll be a process there. Um, overall, I thought the action was really great. I loved everything about it. Um, I will say that the, I think the three Peter Parkers, three Spider-Mans together went on just a little too long and got a little too precious in point and places. I mean, other than that, that that's just a, a minor criticism for me. Overall, I give it a, I give it a good A. Gotcha, got you. Um, real quick, before I go to Cyber with a comment, um, I just wanted to ask you, Chris, have you heard about this new breaking news? <laughs> What'd you think, Chris? Uh, I missed part of it, but I think it was making fun of the director of the... What do you think? Is that G do you think is that GNN approved? Do you think do you think David and David would like that? I think you should ask them. I will. Hey man. It's not my fault that Chloe Zhao, uh, you know, obviously is not a professional, doesn't know what she's doing, and she failed that shitty little town as medical services. I mean, look what happened to that poor I guy. I don't know anything about that. So I don't know, like the the story that that's referencing. I don't understand it. So it's just well, it's very it's obvious that that Chloe Zhao gave a directive to the uh, to her assistants there, the medical assistants, to just not even bother putting their hands out and holding on to that dude on okay. the <laughs> Dude, it's all fabricated, Chris. It's fake. It's a I, meme. Okay. Well, the thing is. I don't give a shit about it one way or the other. Like, <laughs> does that answer your question? Who cares? Why are you asking me this? We haven't even gotten to Hawkeye yet. <laughs> okay. Like, what do you want? Chris, are you, are you pissed off right now? Are you, have I insulted nah, you? Dude, in some way? I just don't know why you're con like, what? I don't hey, listen, bro. know how to react to that. I gave dude. you my reaction. That's not good enough. So, hey, look. Look, man, I came here to talk right? about Hawkeye. It's hey. you. I told you I had an hour. You're look burning Chris. through it. Hey, listen, bro. Here, here's how it is, man. I'm a good dude. You're a good dude. If you have a problem with me and there's a problem, and you're gonna talk shit to me, that you don't even, you know, it's whatever. 
You know what I'm saying? Did I just talk shit to you? Well, I'm not going to kiss let's, your let's, ass. Let's get, on the ha- let's get on the Hawkeye, guys. Let's get on the Hawkeye. I got you don't okay. have to kiss my ass. I just told I'm you just I'm saying. Nobody did anything to you, bro. Did I do anything to you? You tell guys, me. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's what do you want? On. I don't. I don't know what you want. Okay. I tried to react to the thing. I have no. I have no idea what it was. So Whatever, I just said man. I don't know. Nobody let's, demanded let's... anything from you. Stop. Stop. Let's move on. Hawkeye. <laughs> that shit was crazy. All right. Whatever. Yeah, Hawkeye. Here we go. Mm. Yeah, mm is right, Chris. I've never had anybody react like that or treat me like that before while recording. <clears throat> that okay. Well, how have you ever had anyone treat you like this? Yeah, I never have. This is the first. Oh, that? No, actually, that is actually great. I appreciate that. Uh, anyways, so sorry about that, folks. Um, technical difficulties, as usual, but uh, as Chris was so uh, uh, kind and generous to go ahead and, and, and bring to my attention, we are, of course, here to talk about Hawkeye, the finale, and um, I just watched it, um, and it's not as good as Spider-Man 3, but it's pretty damn good. Um, you know, I thought overall that the, the whole episode was fun and it was pretty good. And, um, I want to start off and I want to go to you, Cam. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Before we get into that, Cyber, you had a comment or something that you wanted to drop on Spider-Man real quick. You want to get to that? Yeah, just briefly. I just wanted to, uh, I, what I didn't get to say when I was talking before, because everyone brought up the whole, the ending part about him kind of eventually going to becoming Spider-Man, you know, being the man that he's supposed to become. I completely noticed that too as well. And I just was saying that was one thing I noticed when I was watching in theaters yesterday is he was wearing the blue and red suit, just like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's versions were in their film. And I noticed that they're really trying to push towards, you know, and you know, the Sony verse there. So I just wanted to, build on what everyone else just said about that. I thought that was a really cool um, take that everyone noticed. Most definitely. I would agree with you. Um, So, going into Hawkeye, the Hawkeye finale, uh, obviously, um, we knew that we were going to get the Kingpin in it, but we didn't really know, like, to what degree. Um, the episode starts off with the Kingpin. He's here. He's in the series, in the flesh. Um, and he's talking to Eleanor, Kate's mom. And the first impression I got from the dialogue was that they were tight. Like they knew each other for a while. Like they knew each other personally. I didn't know if it was like a a, a real true friendship or if they liked each other or like what, you know, how that, what that was. But it was clear that they'd known each other for quite a while. Um, and so at that point, um, you know, I want to just go ahead and ask before I get into the actual, like, finality of that whole dialogue, just to start off with as a premise, kind of, uh, Cam, uh, what did you, what did you make of that initial dialogue between Kingpin and Eleanor? What were your thoughts on that? Uh, well, it, it definitely, uh, kind of kind of teased the idea that uh, Kate B- uh, Eleanor Bishop wasn't entirely in the wrong. She was kind of stuck uh, having to clean up her husband's mess after he died. 
so her uh, her ties to Kingpin were more of an obligation rather than just uh, you know any any kind of you know fully uh, willing or consenting interaction. Uh, so it 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 kind of gave us a lot with a little, and uh, it it added an, another uh, another layer of sympathy to Eleanor Bishop's character, which I which I appreciated. She she seemed kind of one note throughout the. Uh, throughout the series. So it was nice to see that kind of more seedy part of her. Sure. Sure. Um, and what did you make of like the dynamic? Like how did, what did you think was coming out of that? Like how friendly did you feel like they were? Well, the, the, the thing with Wilson Fisk, he, he's always, he's generally friendly you could say to people that he's trying to extort um or get something out of it's a it's whenever you give him a reason not to be friendly that he you know he's crushing your head in a car door <laughs> um but it's that the the thing about about wilson fisk uh as, especially as he's been portrayed in the mcu and in daredevil is that he he's he's for the most part fairly soft-spoken uh, he he's a little bit more withdrawn, a little bit more reserved, and uh, but 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 the, there there are small little uh, hints in his you know especially in his body language that comes out whenever you can tell that he's just not <laughs> in a good state of mind. Like uh, like after uh, Eleanor Bishop got up and stormed out, you can see his lip kind of twitching a little bit. Uh, he's he's just exercising restraint. He, he I'm sure he wanted to do terrible things to her, but so, so the 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 dynamic between the two of them isn't so much like you know business partners so much as it is like uh, a shark chasing a fish until the fish tires out and dies. Most definitely, Cyber. What are your thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> so I mean that whole introduction, I was really happy with. It was nice that they went right from the very end of the last episode and gave us more of. Kingpin himself. They called him Kingpin. They um, had a great introduction to him, and that whole his whole demeanor in that whole scene was like pitch perfect. Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil itself, and that whole tw eye twitching thing and the lip twitching thing was like so good. And uh, you could definitely tell that, yeah, like Cam said, he was he was restraining himself. You know, after her t telling him that she wants out, basically. And uh, I just thought it was a really good dynamic and giving us that whole view of what transpired between them and kind of giving you an idea of, you know, why is, you know, Eleanor doing the things she's doing and kind of giving you an idea of what she's dealing with. You know, besides being a seedy person herself, still she, you know, later on in the episode, you know, she's trying to explain to Kate that, you know, this is all for her and stuff like that. And yet, you know, at that beginning scene, you could just see that, you know, she's a lot different of a person than she, you know, portrays herself. And that scene really brought to light what she actually was. And I think that was really good. Most definitely. I appreciate that, Cyber. What do you think, Renee? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Cyber. I think, um, just to piggyback on what he's saying, um, the whole sort of theme has been running through Hawkeye, um, or sub-theme has been... The family he needs to get back to his family that's all he wants to do is just be retired from from the whole business and just 
spend the rest of his time with his kids that he didn't get to spend with them for so many years. Um, so when you get to Kate Bishop, where she's doing, she's doing all this. She did all of her nefarious things, all of her criminal activity, because she wanted to save her what she had left of her family. Um, you know, it was a cruel way that he, a, a ridiculous, cruel way that he had to die from space aliens. You know, he didn't die from a cr criminal on the street. He died from a space alien. So her focus is whatever she can do to protect her her daughter Kate from this unknown, these these great unknowns that we just can't anticipate in life. So that's her focus. So then you see the little family theme run through, particularly toward the end. I won't say what it is, but in each sort of couple with Echo and uh, Kingpin, with um, Hawkeye and Yelena, he's trying to explain his family, his, the, the the things that we do for family, these are the things that they're also doing. And maybe they're doing it for the wrong reasons, but, you know, are, are they're doing, they're doing it for the right reason, but doing it in the wrong, wrong ways, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, yeah, I think that theme really hit home and just overall, the whole episode I thought was well done. They just jumped right into the action. I mean, we got, I mean, no, no more build up to Kingpin, bam, there he is sitting in a chair across from Eleanor. Um, and then it just goes from there. Uh, uh, otherwise, I think um, I just can't find anything that was wrong with that episode. It was just really, really well done. And the fact that they will bring in, that Marvel will bring in Class A actors is a tribute to them because Vincent Durfino, however you say his last name, with all the twitching, with all the facial, with all the, with his voice and everything and his demeanor. And there was like one particular great scene where he just goes, he walks toward Echo, I believe, and you just hear clump, clump, you know, his heavy feet hitting the floor. That's that's his presence, that solid hulking presence that he brings to the character. That's coming from the actor. Yes, most definitely. And um, I already basically put it out there as far as kind of like, you know, what I thought of the, the initial dialogue. But as it rounds out and kind of completes itself, like that chat between them... Um, you know, uh, essentially, um, we find out and it becomes apparent that as we'd already believed in other episodes, uh, Kate's dad was obviously in some way involved with, with, uh, with, with criminality. He was a criminal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he owed Kingpin a lot of money. Um, you know, and, uh, we don't know the actual, like, you know, real life role he had or what he did or whatever, but, uh, we get the idea that essentially um, Vera Farmiga's Eleanor character got tied into Hawk, uh, into Kingpin based off of debt that her husband had incurred with him. Uh, and then she goes ahead and tries to blackmail him, essentially, if I understand what happened correctly. Um, it was a little bit, for me, a little bit difficult to totally understand at that moment, like what really was going on. But um, Cam, before you leave, because um, we, you know, we know you have other stuff to do and you haven't been feeling all that well, um, what are your thoughts on that whole situation there? Like, what did you think of Eleanor, you know, like hitting Kingpin that hard like that? Uh, certainly a very ballsy move on her part. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it, it seemed a little contrived. Well, can't yeah. hear you, Cam. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? No. I can hear you, Cam. 
How about uh, now? Yeah, I can hear you. Hmm. I can't Cyber. hear him. Cyber, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear Renee. I can't hear him. That's weird. Oh, well, that sucks. No, you're uh, – Cam, go ahead. Finish your comment. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, It seemed uh, – um, I I don't know. I feel like contrived isn't really isn't really the right word, but uh, it seemed a little far fetched that if Eleanor Bishop knew even a fraction of who Kingpin is, it, um, I I don't know how she thought that you know just telling him that he, that she's out was even remotely a good idea. Uh, it's it, it, it seemed kind of far fetched to me that a character would make that kind of a leap. But yeah, but uh, at the at the same time, you know, I understand the plot needs to happen somehow, and there are worse ways they could have done it. So, I was okay with it. Guess who's here in the rescue? We uh, we subtract one arrogant prick from the show real quick, uh, which I'm very happy about, um, and then we get um, an actual gentleman uh, who doesn't run his mouth from behind the screen. That his name, of course, if you don't know him, is Lord Deathman, straight from fucking Hades, yo. What up, Lord Deathman? Oh shit, Lord Deathman can't even hear me. It's all good. He he's only here in spirit, unfortunately. <laughs> Deathman, you there? Well, hopefully we'll get him at some point. But his presence is felt either way. Um, Cam, do you want us to go ahead and cut you loose? Yeah, yeah, I got, I gotta, I gotta get to sleep, dude. <laughs> I feel like crap. Oh well, listen, man. Hey, I just want to let you know that again, uh, it's been really, really wonderful of you, and thank you for giving us the time and the effort and everything with what, with all you already have going on. Um, you know, uh, I just want to put it out there for everybody out there that we do really, genuinely, genuinely, personally appreciate you coming in. And, you know, putting the work in and whatnot to handle the Hawkeye series. You've been a big part of it for us. Um, you know, uh, I find that to be something that's very special to me, uh, very personal. Um, so I don't want to, like, you know, cry right now or anything like that and whatnot. We don't need to hug, um, you know. But uh, we do value what you bring to the table, um, you know. And we're always, uh, you know, sad to see you go. But, um, you know, I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, I wish the best to your family. And to your children and your wife and everything. Um, and you want to plug anything real quick or whatnot? Maybe maybe talk about Cam and Focus. Uh, yeah, sure. I uh, I uh, recently uploaded a uh, well, my latest episode of Cam and Focus. It, it, it was kind of a cheat, a cheat episode because uh, it, it, it's it, it was a video review uh, that I did years ago that that I re-uploaded because the rage in that in that video was just extraordinary. Um, it, it's a, it's a rage review for a little movie called Jurassic Shark. So it's, it's on the Geek News Now uh, channel. If you haven't checked it out, go ahead and check it out. It's, it, it's hilarious if you want to see someone dumb, s- dumb, scream and flail around at how terrible a movie is. But uh, well, yeah, th- uh, th- th- thanks very much for having me on here. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, d- I definitely look forward to coming back, discussing you know more MCU projects that come out over the next few months. And, uh, you know... Yeah, yeah. I, I hope you guys all have a Merry Christmas and, uh, you know, safe travels if you are traveling anywhere. Yeah, most definitely, dude. We would love to bring in your contributions and your and your perspective on some different content in the future. I think it would be great. Um, you know, like I said, you do a great job on the show. Uh, again, thank you very much. 
Um, and, uh, you know, have a good night, man. All right. Y'all take it easy. Good night. Have a good night, Cam. What up, Lord Deathman? Hey, how's everybody doing? Oh, you know, man. I mean, I was I was having a pretty good night. I was having a pretty good night until some dude just all of a sudden went fucking flipped the script on me about 10 minutes ago and decided to get all arrogant and mouthy with me and shit during my show. Uh, wow. Didn't expect that. Um, but uh, it's okay. Things happen, you know. Um, it's really, really easy to, like, act tough behind a screen, you know, but uh, not very effective in, in the real world sense. But no. that's okay. Uh, at the end of the day... Um, I, uh, I do a really good job uh, making sure that um, my uh, relationships with people and whatnot are sound. Um, and I pretty much almost never uh, end up with a bridge burnt with anyone. So when it does happen, uh, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant myself. But typically, it's because you fucked up, not me. You know, so, you know, hey. The well, I'm sorry that had to happen, Jeff. No, it's the, all uh... good, man. It's all good. You know what? It's sink, it's sink or swim, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't, it's all good. I mean, you know, he, that guy was probably just jealous because like we make better content than him. I don't blame him. I'd be embarrassed too. <laughs> That's okay. You know, but whatever. Yeah. Lord Deathman, we are happy to have you. And I'm glad um, to be today, here. I just want to go ahead and, and say, I apologize to you, Renee, not to the audience, but to you, Renee, um, for that little tiff with me and Chris. Oh, we lost Renee. She'll be right back. Um, Lord Deathman, uh, it's very nice of you to pop in. Uh, we're always happy to have you. Um, I know for a fact Cyber is always excited to see you. Hey, Cyber. Always. <laughs> always. I I'm love sorry, you, so Lord Deathman. I, I left. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, you're okay, Renee. I just wanted to let you know, Renee, yeah, that I, I got about five more minutes. I got about five more minutes. Okay, well, I listen. Had to, I had to leave. Uh, <laughs> No, you're okay. Listen, at that point, why don't we just go ahead and send you off and whatnot so you can go do what you've got to do? I know you're busy. Um, uh -huh. You know, no point in stretching your time out and anything like that. Uh, we appreciated having you on again and whatnot. Thank you for giving us the time that you could. Uh, I apologize for that little tip earlier with Chris. You know, um, I uh, didn't expect that. Things like that don't typically happen on the show. Uh, but there's always, uh, you know, a first time for everything. And, um, you know, I am uh, unfortunately uh, disappointed and sad that you had to experience that, but I'm sorry. Um, you know, I hope I, I wish I could promise you that it won't happen again. But I mean, with me, you never know. Yeah, um, yeah so, no, no problem. No problem. I just I'll just leave like my final thoughts. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I pretty, I pretty yeah. wrapped up. I, yeah, I pretty said everything I had to say. I'm trying to think of. of um, something else that I need to add. Yeah, if there's anything if there's anything about the Hawkeye episode itself overall, one thing maybe that stood out to you real quick that you just want to reflect on, go ahead. Well, um at the very end, I don't know if you caught the, the they they finally had an end credit scene. Um and it turned out to be <laughs> the actual opening number from Rogers the musical. Yeah. So I thought that was very I thought that was just just kind of like and, and like they said they they started off with, you know, a Merry Christmas from Marvel, which I thought was really sweet. And, they, and then they flipped into the, into the, and if you'll see that there was a uh, guy, they keep shooting a guy that's, that's directing the orchestra or directing the play from the pit. And that particular, I can't think of his name, Lord bless me, but he writes a lot of TV theme songs and everything. And he's just been around for a long time and he pops up in different movies, probably the most 
one movie that he was in was um, called Broadcast News way back in the back in the 80s or 90s. And that's just some movie trivia for all the movie trivia guys out there. And I like to kind of bring that element in every once in a while. Other than that, it was a great series. I really enjoyed it. I think it was probably and as much as I love Loki and, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Loki person, but I tell you, Hawkeye really was the best series, I think, of the four. Um Probably maybe not as original because I think the other shows, I think, really broke new ground as far as their presentation. But the first two series did. Um, but, yeah, overall, so far, I'm enjoying the this TV series just about as much as I am the movies. And I just look forward to more and more. And you guys have a really great night. And I appreciate being here. Good night. Oh, most definitely. Good night. Most definitely. Happy holidays. Yeah, Happy Renee, holidays. I'm, I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to mix it up more with Lord Deathman. He's a great guy. I think you I would know, really I'm enjoy him. I'm disappointed that I didn't get to spend some more time with Lord Deathman. Um, oh, we'll get our turn. D yeah, don't you will. worry. That's right. Hey, hey, we've got two Sakar folks here on the show in one shot here. One uh, one show. Okie dokie. All right, guys. You, good night, and I'll talk to you next yep. time. All right, Renee. We'll yep, see you soon. You too. Lord Deathman, Renee has become a surprisingly uh, very positive and welcome addition uh, to the Bleeding Edge recently. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, I never doubted her. Um, but That is true. You know, you do remember my initial uh, communications with her being a little bit um, strange. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah. That's exactly what was going on. You know, like, um, and I didn't, really, I didn't really know what to think. But now that we got things straightened out, we found her a name that works and sounds logical and, you know, isn't stupid as fuck, like uh, <laughs> or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, yeah I, basically, I basically felt like a complete idiot every time that I had to say that to her. Like, during the show, I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I got to say that again. But, like, whatever. It's all good. Hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, she's been great. She's been uh, she's been a great addition and whatnot. And she, uh, she brings a, a, her own unique perspective. She definitely does. Um, but, Lord Deathman, welcome to the Bleeding Edge. Um, Thank you. For those of you out there uh, who care, um, Lord Deathman is so damn good at what he does as a guest, as a moderator, as, you know, when it comes to content. And he's just such a good dude that um, he just has an open freaking pass to, to the restream here on the, on the Bleeding Edge and uh, has been given personal permission to just freaking pick and choose when he wants to decide to be on the show, <laughs> you know? Well, I appreciate you uh, talking me up and giving me carte blanche. I do try to put the herd on some mediocrity. We want to bring the level up. Um, and I love being on the bleeding edge. So even if I had to join late, Jeff, I thought um, I should take advantage of the opportunity. Hey, listen, Lord Deathman, you are so damn good that like five minutes of your contributions outweigh like six hours of like what some other people's do. You know, I appreciate so. that, Jeff. And I must say, that's a striking outfit you're wearing for today's episode. <laughs> that's right, man. That's right, you know. And uh, the glasses are a great touch. Like, uh, they really, really com complete my outfit. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I look like uh, I look like a uh, college-educated Ronin. You know? Indeed. You're ready to go out there and fight some crime, hit up some bros. Oh, man, I'll tell you right now, dude. In real life, man, those tracksuit mafia dudes would not want to play with me, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I wouldn't go soft on them. I'd be straight hurting them. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. You know, there be it would be it would be no joke. Um, you know, but you know what? That's a good thing. It's a good thing they don't have me in there, man. And they don't, you know, and they don't have have me on the show because, uh, you know, I mean the uh, the workman's comp itself, like amounts and whatnot, would be crucial. <laughs> would be like skyrocketing. 
um, you know, I'd be doing my stunts with like the tracksuit dudes and actually like physically fucking injuring them, put them in the <laughs> hospital and shit, you know? So anyways, bottom line, back to Hawkeye, back to the Hawkeye finale. Hopefully Lord Deathman has rescued us and decided to save us and jump in and uh, make, make it clear that he has a different opinion on Hawkeye being the best of the Disney Plus series that have come out so far. And uh, and there haven't been four. There have been five. Um, there have been five. Yep. There. Yep. So, um, Lord Deathman, where we're at, brother, is basically I'll go ahead and start you off with we just got done with talking about the conversation between Eleanor and Kingpin and her blackmailing Kingpin and, and then basically telling her that, that she's walking away. Um, never a good idea to do that to Kingpin. He doesn't like that. No. Um, you know, uh, anybody from the comics who knows about Kingpin knows he's not fond of that type of shit. Um and uh, basically, I mean, once you once you're in it with Kingpin, you're in it for death. So yeah. you know, um, so Kingpin come out and said comes out and says, um, I think to um, Fra Freeze character, um, what's his name, uh, Zachy or uh, Zachary or whatever, uh, um, Kazi, Kazi, uh, Kazi Echoes, uh, buddy. Yeah, uh, he's uh, Kingpin actually says to him. Um, he wants people reminded that he owns this city. Uh, yeah. you know, I like that, man. You know what I mean? Like that was Kingpin right there. And you know what? I think that's a very important thing that he said that because it really says a lot about the fact that Kingpin is now a part of the MCU for the first time. He's coming from a place where in the Daredevil Netflix series, he got out of prison and was kind of like, um, kind of out of action a little bit. You know what I mean? Like he kind of like lost a little bit of his luster. Uh, and right. his power. Um, so he's back. Um, and it seems to be he's back in full effect. And he wants to go ahead and put, put shit in order and let people know what's going on. So Lord Deathman, let you start and I'll go to you, Cyber. What do you make of Kingpin popping up and being like, yo, I want the city to know I run this this show? Well, I have to say that was a death-defying reintroduction of the character uh, and transfer over. From the Netflix universe. And as you know, Jeff, I had concerns about tonal issues with the Disney Plus shows and how you could integrate some of the characters that come from a more darker sort of background with the Netflix shows. But I have to say, Vince D'Onofrio doesn't hold back with the character. Um, I did not expect to watch the last episode of Hawkeye and see the toe to toe Kingpin versus Kate Bishop, uh, you know, um, mashup. But that was incredible to see. And um, yeah, I appreciate that the Kingpin wants to get back to Avengers Be Damned, right? He wants to get back to controlling New York City's underworld. And that's the character we know and love. So I'm all on board for that. But to your earlier question about whether this is the best of the Disney Plus uh, series, Hawkeye, I'm going to go on record saying it is not. But that doesn't change the fact that it is high quality entertainment from the house of ideas of course and as we go through the rest of the episode and kind of break it down and get into it a little bit and whatnot i'm sure we're going to end up back on that topic at some point with a little bit more information to work with um you know in terms of our reactions and like our comments on where hawkeye stands in what we've gotten so far from disney plus i have no doubt we'll end up with that at some point but cyber uh kingpin wants to uh let 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 the city know that he runs the show. What do you think? Uh, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, he's the kingpin. That's what he does. That's what 
you know, his premise was starting in Daredevil. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to run, you know, Hell's Kitchen. He wanted to run all of New York. And I don't think that would change even no matter what happened with the Avengers, what happened with Thanos and all that kind of stuff. And so this amazing reintroduction to the character and starting off right at that bat just shows you how much you know, more he's going to be influenced into the MCU now. We're going to see him a lot more. And I have a feeling because of getting the She-Hulk series, the lawyer aspect, Daredevil being introduced in Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, and the Kingpin being introduced in Hawkeye, that's really a, you know, Marvel kind of telling us, oh, Kingpin and Daredevil are going to become a big part of the MCU in the near future. And that, you know, he is going to want to try to take over what he wants. You know, he's going to try to keep going and become the big, big bad he is. You know, I don't know if he'll be the next big bad. I mean, a lot of people are saying, of course, you know, um, the introduction of uh, what's his name in Loki. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart there with the, with the what's his name. Um, he who that remains. That's okay. Uh, That's okay. The uh, Chris probably scared you earlier with his tough routine and everything and whatnot. And so now you're a little afraid. It's okay. I understand. Uh, oh, is that it? Oh, okay. Anyways, he who remains, um, you know, who knows where it's going to go, but I feel Kingpin is going to be a huge part, uh, is going to become a huge part of the MCU in the near future. You know, I don't know if it's going to be an extent of seeing lots of Vincent D'Onofrio in the, you know, these more Disney Plus series or his own movies or anything like that. I, his presence is going to become a lot big, and we're going to be more things about him so i don't want to get off topic too much but i just want to give you guys one quick question here just a quick response back um cyber going right back to you do you feel like it was always a plan for kevin feige in the back of his mind that he was going to roll kingpin back into the mcu at some point and whatnot or do you think it's possible that events currently the performance um and the results uh, financially and whatnot in terms of some of the uh, movies that have come out, you know, in the last couple of months, um, you know, the last year, um, you know, uh, kind of the direction of the MCU after Endgame. Um, do you feel like maybe uh, like they decided to, to make that decision like while they were walking, if you know what I mean? Honestly, I, I feel that, you know, with the Marvel Netflix shows, because they were so different than anything Marvel has done, because they were very graphic what Daredevil really is about and stuff like that, I always have a feeling that in their back of their mind, Marvel always had a plan to introduce Kingpin into the MCU. I think because just because they did a, you know the Netflix show having Kingpin in it and everything, I don't think that was their original vision. It just is something that they decided to do. You know, because they had the rights and they thought, oh, this might be a good idea. Because they were definitely going a different direction with those shows prior to the MCU really becoming a huge, you know, name that it is now. So I have a feeling that, yes, back in, you know, Kevin Feige's mind, he had an idea of bringing in Kingpin at some point. Because he would be connected to some superhero or supervillain of some sort later down in the MCU's line. So I definitely think that was, I don't know if they were thinking, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio at first, but I definitely think they were so impressed with his performance in the 
Netflix show that that's why they brought him on. Kind of same thing with Charlie Cox. I think they were so super impressed with what they did with that show over four seasons that they're like, yeah, that is our people for the MCU. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that the Kingpin has always been something that they were going to reintroduce into the MCU because he is a huge character in the MCU uh, that it was a huge supervillain for many heroes uh, and were a part of many supervillain trios and so forth, too, as well, down the comic book line. So it's definitely something that I foresaw happening eventually. I just didn't know when. Lord Deathman, I think that Cyber makes a really, really, really valid and important point in the fact that I think that he's right, uh, that Charlie Cox's Daredevil and Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in, in the Daredevil series stood out individually compared to all the other series to the point where um, they almost forced themselves into the, the MCU mix. What do you think? My take on it is slightly different, but it arrives at the same place as you guys. I think, well, if we step back and kind of go back to the rumors of last year and the year before, there was always this feeling that Kevin Feige didn't like the Netflix stuff or that he liked it but didn't want to incorporate it into the MCU because he didn't have personal control over the development of those shows. As we know, he was involved as an exec producer. You know, he probably got the high level on the creator for that. But there was another showrunner in charge of that who did the on-the-ground work. So it was always thought in the fandom that Kevin was hesitant to bring that stuff in because it didn't have his own personal stamp on it. But, you know, I've never really subscribed to that only because I just don't see him being that egotistical and of all of the big producers that you hear about in Hollywood, you know, be it Kathleen Kennedy or anybody who's heading up a big sort of media franchise, Kevin Feige strikes me as the most accessible. He's usually the one who's the least egotistical in terms of his presentation, despite his innumerable accomplishments. And he's the one of all of them that probably listens to his fandom, right? He's really always got his finger on the pulse of it. And I think he's always ready to satisfy fandom demand and, and, and surprise us at the same time, not just give us what we were asking for, but always going a step beyond. So the, the question really isn't, you know, was Kevin Feige prepared to bring Kingpin back in or was that always his master plan? The bigger question, and I think the more important question is, what was his plan regarding bringing back all of the Netflix universe in general? Did he want to incorporate it? Did he want to, you know, hold it back? And I have to say that being as shrewd as he was, I, I think if you're going to do a series like Hawkeye and you're going to intentionally set it in New York City, in the Marvel Universe, there is no way to tell a credible Marvel MCU story in New York City without getting into a character like the Kingpin. It, it just... You know, it, it just wouldn't have um, went over as well as it could have to have that connection. And he saw that the fans were really into the D'Onofrio performance, probably looked at it himself and said, this is a gifted actor. Why would I go and recast him with somebody who has to do all of that groundwork again to get built up and get the fandom love all over again? Like I said, the man is nothing but shrewd. So bringing in Matt Murdock, bringing in Charlie Cox, bringing in Vincent D'Onofrio, I'm almost certain 
we're going to get um, Kristen back. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kristen Ritter is, is, is going to come back. Those were some high quality uh, performances from really dedicated actors that enjoyed their time in the MCU. Why you would recast them would be a mystery to me. And I think it's also a mystery to Kevin Feige. And that's why he did it. No, we definitely could use um, more hot women in the MCU, like uh, like Jessica <laughs> Jones and Kristen Ritter. That Indeed. would definitely be good. Um, it would definitely probably be positive for the box office and for the uh, you know the viewership and whatnot of any uh, MCU property if uh, they made sure to uh, uh, get Jessica Jones um, half naked in there. It'd be good. Um, you know, it's not I'll, like they haven't done it before. No, no, and I enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, you know, I'm very impressed by what she has to offer. I am very highly impressed. Um, I, I respect, uh, her physical, uh, abilities, but, um, anyways, I got to point out just really quick that I kind of wonder in my mind in a way, after listening to you guys talk about this, like, Hey man, I mean, after Endgame and, and then the second Spider-Man film, knowing what they had coming up on Disney plus, knowing the characters that they were going to be bringing out in the MCU in phase four and phase five. Knowing the Fantastic Four was coming on the horizon, knowing we're going to get mutants at some point, meaning we're going to get the X Men too at some point, um, knowing we're going to get a Thunderbolts team, we're going to get a Dark Avengers team of some kind, um, you know, and I could go on and on, you know. Um, I feel like in, in that situation, I could understand how somebody, maybe not Kevin Feige, but somebody else in his role might think, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe we don't need Daredevil. Maybe we don't need Kingpin, you know? Right. Um, but I think that, like, you make a good point, Lord Deathman. Uh, there's just something very unique about Kevin Feige. I don't yeah. know how to describe it. I don't know how to, like, nail it down uh, or, or how to, like, you know, uh, how to how to represent, um, you know, his overall ability with talent and recognizing talent and understanding the fan base, the fandom, um, the currents that are going on in the fandom, you know, all of it. Um, I feel like without question, at the end of the day, people need to remember that Kevin Feige is a fan. Um, right. Kevin Feige is a major Daredevil fan. He and that's so important. That's yes. so important. And yes. And so at that point, knowing he's a Daredevil fan, that he loved the Frank Miller run of Daredevil, that was like a big thing for him. There's no way you can't imagine that he didn't watch that damn Daredevil series and fans or not, not watch it and be like, damn, this is good. Like, this is good shit, you know? And, that, and that's the only point I want to make is just that I feel like I don't see how it's possible Kevin Foggy did not notice that. Right. Um, so as far as Hawkeye goes, we get past um, the the uh, the conversation between Kingpin and Kazi. Um, we end up with the scene where we get uh, Kate and Clint putting arrows together. Um, kind of like, you know, doing some some background work and whatnot in the lab and whatnot. And that was interesting. I mean, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll go to you guys. I'll go to, I'll go to you, Cyber. You know, I personally myself did not find anything really like stand, standout-ish out of that scene. But if there's anything in, in there that you took from it, go ahead with it. I really enjoyed the scene. It was fun to see Clint working and making arrows because, you know, throughout the entire series that we've seen different films with, you know, Hawkeye and stuff, we never saw who made the arrows. We never saw where the arrows came from. So this was kind of a nice little treat showing that, yes, Clint makes his own arrows. 
and they had all this kind of tech. I liked that they, you know, had the homage to Stark Industries by a few of the arrows being made from Stark products. Um, we had some interesting, you know, shots of like different things that they could do, electrify and stuff like that, which is really cool. And I just think it was fun to see kind of like their camaraderie, their partnership develop more and show that, you know, Kate is now becoming Kate Bishop. She's becoming the new Hawkeye. She's being taught how to make these arrows. And so I think it was a really fun scene, and I think it really helped develop Kate Bishop's character. Lord Deathman. Yeah, I can only dovetail off of Cyber's very wise commentary on this. Um, it always, I, you know, Clint never struck me as being a I got to go to hardware guy. Like he doesn't strike me as a Tony Stark. I'm in the, the, the room with the forge making my own arrowheads. I kind of saw him up until this, that scene as a guy who, you know, um, somebody else makes the payload. Hawkeye picks it up and um, you know, he's ready to rock, but it was kind of cool to see a contradiction to that assumption where Hawkeye is a craftsman and it makes perfect sense that a guy who the weapon that he relies on to, you know, in, ensure his own survival out in the field, why wouldn't he be the guy that actually crafts those, those shafts and uh, forgive me if I don't know my archery terminology, but the one who sort of puts together the whole package uh, minus the payloads. I'm, I'm assuming that someone like Hank Pym put together the the warhead for the arrow that delivers pin particles. And it wasn't Clint that sort of designed that and injected particles into it, so forth and so on. As a side, as an aside, guys, um, I don't know uh, if I'm going to be the first in the fandom to say it, but I'm looking forward to the spinoff series where we delve into the adventures of the bros in that shrunk down moving truck that got picked up by the owl. That should be a six hour um, miniseries. Okay. Uh, no lie. Wait a minute. Lord <laughs> Desmond, I got to jump in here real quick. Okay. Look, Cyber Cyber knows when I watch these series sometimes, stuff happens so quickly that I lose track of what the hell's going on from time to time. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Somebody please explain to me where the fuck did the owl come from and what the hell was that all about? Well, don't feel bad, Jeff. I had to watch the episode twice. I missed the owl reference the first time because I was multitasking. But the owl was in the tree. I mean, was that when... the owl from like the Clash of the, uh, of Gods or whatever, like <laughs> back the in the Clash day? The like, Titans. I mean, no, that was just um, that was just a random baby owl in the Christmas tree when Clint fell out of the window, um, or rather, I should say, jumped out of the window, but then uh, ended up breaking his line and falling into the tree. He sees that owl early on in the episode, and it's that very same owl that comes to take away the shrunken truck. Um, and, and you hear the bros in there. I was like, okay, the bros what, get their comeuppance. Was the shrunken was the shrunken truck shrunk by like a trick arrow or something? It was. Uh, the Draculas got hit. Oh, by the Hank a, Pym, the Hank Pym uh, arrow. I got. They you. got yep. hit by some Pym tech. Yeah. Got you. Got you. You know what, Lord Deathman? You actually also injected um, the word shaft and packet <laughs> into uh, one of your comments there a minute ago, and I thought that that was very interesting. Uh, very interesting. Well, you know, um, this uh, little self-promotion there. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with letting the audience know what you're working with. Um, Indeed. Indeed but, uh, uh, you know, the... so anyways, um, so Cyber, um, moving on from the, uh, the like, in the lab, you know, uh, like putting the arrows together type scene, the uh, the build-up scene, 
we then get what I found to be the most poignant and powerful and profound moment of the entire series involving Kate Bishop. Um, she finally, finally, finally came through for me and delivered uh, and, and gave me something to work with that I was able to look at and see her real potential and like the impact that she could potentially have when given the material to work, the right material to work with, the right spot, the right opportunity. And she's at her A game, um, you know, and she's acting like, you know, at her best ability. When she explained to to, Haw to, to Hawkeye, to Clint, um, what Hawkeye meant to her in her life um, as Kate Bishop, in that moment, uh, as a child, uh, across the board, uh, what she meant to him personally, um, I felt like she delivered it and did it in a way that was very like, I'm not kissing your ass. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to cry here. Like, you know, I don't need, we don't need a hug. Like, I respect you. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you gave me power, you know, like you gave me that inner power and that, and that like, you know, evidence that I could be another Hawkeye. Although obviously as a child, she wasn't thinking that, about that, you know, but so I felt like, you know, that of course was the pre like the preemptive time, you know, where Hawkeye was kind of just feeling her out as to if she was prepared for what they were about to be getting into afterwards with going to that party and crashing it and Eleanor and the Kingpin and, you know, you know, the tracksuit mafia knowing Yelena is out there still and wants to kill Hawkeye. So Lord Deathman, tell me what were your, what, what were your thoughts? What did you think of that very poignant, powerful moment? with Haley Seinfeld and Clint. I thought that's the moment of myth. That's the moment where you have a legend and a legacy with really all of the great superhero stories that you have out there, especially when you're passing a mantle along um, and you kind of want to find out why is it that the younger wants to sort of take on this role? You know, they may have similar skills, similar powers, but this is the moment where Kate kind of tells us why she wants to be Hawkeye, what her trajectory and what her experience was. For Clint, it was coming into S.H.I.E.L.D. as a weapon, as a professional assassin who then found himself becoming a hero on a team of intergalactic sort of adventurers. And that's his sort of story as be of becoming a hero, getting the red off of his ledger, so to speak. But for Kate, it was seeing his example, him thrusting himself out into danger, into an alien uh, invasion, only having a bow and arrow and having no superpowers other than great hand-eye coordination <laughs> and, um, you know, incredibly fast reflexes. So, yeah, that was a great moment in the episode, and I and I think it's one of those moments where if you're a fan of the genre and you kind of believe in the the mythical quality of it, that's where you kind of choked up just a little bit. You know, I'm not saying full on tears, but you know, maybe you got a little something caught up in your throat. Yeah, cyber. Honestly, that scene, uh, I I didn't feel I was as impacted as uh, you two have. Uh, I thought it was a very poignant scene. I thought it was very fun. I thought it was great that she explained to, you know, Clint, uh, you know, her personally, how she felt about him and how she, how he influenced her and, you know, you know, basically made her into the woman she is. 
Uh, I thought that was a really fun, you know, point. And I, I thought it was a very endearing scene. I thought it was very fun. Uh, and I thought it was very enjoyable and a nice kind of way to um, kind of slow the pace down a little bit for the episode so that it ramps back up for that huge, great finale. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? As we always talk about and mention here on the show, one of the one of the great aspects of being a part of this fandom is that we all have different opinions. And, um, you know, uh, and I don't know, you know, I mean, um, at the end of the day, um, it, we all pretty much end up pretty harmonious when it comes to these topics and whatnot. We don't fight. Um, you know, we, we, we have contrasting opinions. Uh, sometimes we don't agree um, on, you know, on a certain topic or a certain a certain comment or a certain, um, you know, um, uh, part of a scene or something like that or how good a movie is or whatever. But at the end of the day, we, we, we're whatever about it. We move on, you know, there's, there's no lingering, um, animosity, you know, amongst each other or whatever, just because, uh, cyber was not like, you know, overblown by the Kate Bishop scene with, with Clint. You know, like while like, you know, Lord Deathman and I were like, oh, my God, about it. So, you know, it's all good. You know, we all have our own opinions, our own takes on this stuff. And, um, you know, I think that honestly, sometimes down the road, when you look back years later, months later, um, sometimes you end up being wrong. You know, like your opinion on something ends up being wrong. And the guy you thought was an asshole was right. You know, so either way. Just a little side note about being a part of the fandom. But um, so uh, moving on, um, we then ended up with, uh, after moving past that moment, uh, the tracksuits and Kazi go to do the hit on Eleanor, Kate's mom. Um, and um, I believe at that point also that Echo and Kazi also have a dialogue. And it's very obvious that Echo uh, very much um, either like firmly already believes what Clint told her as Ronan about the fact that, that Kingpin, um, wanted her father killed, but she, or, or she's at least close to believing it. Like she's trying to figure it out. She's trying to put the pieces together and, you know, and we'll get to that, but basically, um, we find out more information about the relationship and dynamic between Eleanor and Kingpin and their business relationship in the fact that, uh, truthfully, um, Eleanor and Kingpin were never close. They weren't buddies. Um, as we talked about before and mentioned, and as I've said in previous episodes, I always thought that Kate's dad was a criminal. He probably worked for the Kingpin, um, and that's how he died, um, you know? And, or maybe he was a gambler. Who knows? You know, either way, he owed the kingpin a lot of money. And so it looks like pretty much we find out at that point that it looks like Eleanor was sort of forced to work with the kingpin to pay off this massive, massive amount of debt. Because as we know, those of us who know about kingpin from the comics, from Daredevil, he's above the law. He owns the cops. You know what I mean? So, you know. Trying to go to the police or the FBI to try to, you know, get protection from the kingpin in that situation is not going to get you anywhere. So, you know, obviously we learn even more as the finale con continues and reaches its 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 climax and its end. But 
What do you think, Cyber? Um, do you feel like at that point you wondered maybe if Eleanor was a positive element, a, a good person that got stuck in a bad situation? Um, you know, like that? Did you did you kind of have an idea that maybe that's where she was at? I honestly think she was just bad to begin with. Um, I think that she was involved with the husband to begin with and yep. just made it seem like she was a victim. Um, because when she's talking to Kate about, you know, why she had to do things the way she did and like, you know, her, your father was in debt and stuff like that. And that kind of stuff, just the vibe she gave off to me was like, she was involved somehow. And it was, it wasn't just the husband's fault. It was her problem too. And that she contributed to it as well. And there was more to it than what she was explaining to Kate. And, you know, that's the reason why I think it was great that Kate had her arrested. I think there there was a lot that wasn't foretold and that we didn't find out because, you know, she's so actually creepy and evil behind the scenes more than what we seen and were perceived as. Lord Deathman? Yeah, I don't think that Kate's mom is a babe in the woods. <laughs> she wasn't in the, in the comic books and she's a manipulator. She's a user. And I think that's pretty clear in the story beats and the way she treats people, including Duquesne, who she ends up setting up to go to jail. So I don't think that she was a victim of circumstance when it came to her husband's debt to the kingpin. That's probably something that she orchestrated herself and her husband ended up taking the fall for it. So people who are sociopathic tend to manipulate people and manipulate people until they find someone they can't manipulate. And in her case, that would have been Wilson Fisk, uh, the kingpin of crime. So you get up against this literal and figurative barrier in terms of your ability to manipulate and push people around. And he was like, no, you know, you work for me and you're going to work for me for as long as I say you're going to work for me. And you can really see in D'Onofrio's performance when Eleanor tries to back out and he's like, you know, th this is a huge mistake. And I kind of want to treat you like family now so I don't have to do the alternative. Yes, I agree. And we all know that um, Kingpin does have a heart to some extent. He does. Uh, he's not completely evil. Um, just, just, just partially. But um, so we move on from there. Um, Yelena Belova becomes a part of the episode at that point, a loose part, as they all um, uh, converge onto that hotel or whatever it was uh, where they had that, that party or that event. Um, and you guys can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong about what that actually was. Um, but Yelena sh shows up at the scene. Um, you know, we see her visually, she's there. Um, and, um, she goes after Clint. Kate tries to stop her and we get a kind of running scene, you know, which was a little bit whimsical, a little bit humorous, um, with Kate trying to like get in the way of Yelena to get to Clint and them going back and forth and like fighting each other and Yelena kind of being like, are you serious? You know, like. Did you really do that? Like that whole deal. Lord Deathman, what what did you make of that whole scene? 
Yeah, I thought that that was really good. It really helped the episode sort of bring the dramatic tension because this was a really action-packed episode. So you needed to have some drama to sort of really feel like what the stakes were going to happen there. Um, so yeah, I really appreciated that that piece of connective tissue was actually in the episode. Okay, Cyber? I absolutely loved that scene. I was laughing my butt off the whole time. Uh, I thought the whole interaction between Yelena and Kate was so much fun. I think they were kind of like trying to um, kind of bring the dynamic between her and, you know, Black Widow a little bit back into the fray with it being between her and, and Kate now. And kind of giving us like, oh, in the future they could become buds and maybe work on something together or she could come to aid or help or whatever. And uh, I just loved it. I think it was so funny. Some of the lines were just cracking me up so hard. And especially that scene where she stops right in the middle of the doorway. And she's like, you know, why don't we go get a drink? It's Christmas and this and that. And she's like, okay, after I kill Clint, you know. And it's like, and, and then Kate's like, no, no. <laughs> that cracked me up even harder out of any of the parts of that whole scene. But it just was fun watching them fight watching them laugh and have these funny jokes. And then, you know, just to spring into even more action along with Clinton and everything was just really fun. Well, I'm going to kind of skip ahead in, in a very slight way into like the end of the episode to connect with the theme of what I'm about to say and bring it to the table to you guys. And that is the fact that as we talk about this scene with Kate and Yelena, I very much uh, myself in my mind, started to see this picture of um a almost familial um and almost a a um almost a, a environment or a situation where there was a there was a a changing of the guard and a filling of of holes for certain people individually in terms of loss that they've experienced in their lives um and you know and uh, I felt like, in a way, um, in that scene with Kate and Yelena, and then throughout the rest of the episode, I felt like there was a there was a synergy there, an energy there, uh, a, 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 a rapport there that kind of related to me in a small way, or kind of in a small way, loosely, to Natasha and Yelena, you know, and. I think that Yelena definitely has a really, really big empty hole in her right now. Um, just like Clint with over Natasha. And um, I also felt like towards the end of the series, you know, when Kate goes home with Clint, it was also, it was very heartwarming. Um, and on top of that, you started to kind of get this gist that like in a way, Kate Bishop not maybe in the beginning of the series, but by the end of the series, and especially through the finale, gave something to Clint, showed something to Clint to where he respected her and viewed her to a level and to a degree to where he allowed himself for her to step in and be something to fill that huge gap in his heart with the loss of Natasha. What are your thoughts, guys? Lord Deathman? I'm sorry, Jeff. Can you can can I ask you to repeat the question? Yes, you can. Um, so basically, what I was saying is just that to to be to be very short and brief about it. I feel like Yelena 
and Kate's connection and camaraderie and uh, candor with each other um, relates and connects to um, the possibility that maybe Kate, in a way, in a, in a small way, in that in the, in the brief time that, that they've known each other, maybe started to kind of fill that gap for Yelena of her loss of Natasha, that major blow. And I felt right. also like, especially with the end of the, the of the finale, with Kate going home with Hawkeye. I felt like maybe not in the beginning of the series, but across the span of the series, and especially after the finale, I feel like Kate started to view, uh, uh, Clint started to view Kate at a level with a certain amount of respect, um, you know, to where he he was he was able to allow her to maybe not fill the goal or fill the massive hole in his heart of, of the loss of Natasha that being as powerful as and impactful as it, as it is but but it, it helps it's something to replace right. it what i think, think i see what you're getting at yeah as far as yelena's relationship to kate i think they're doing a great w job of setting up the groundwork of the chemistry of those two perhaps being future avengers and working side by side as colleagues and friends whether kate is going to sort of be something that fills the void for Yelena with regards to the loss of Natasha. I'm not sure that Kate is quite up to that particular task, but I do see a sort of sisterhood forming here. I do see friends. I do see a respect for each other's skill set. Although I think Yelena personally is just on another playing field and in terms of being a professional assassin trained from near birth to do what she does, whereas Kate is sort of diving in with the black belt and again great hand-eye coordination but that being said when it comes to to clint's relationship to to kate and also filling that void in that might be a little closer to what it is you're saying jeff i do think that you know with the introduction of this youthful energy this spirit to go out and be hyper altruistic be an avenger be a hero kate captures that in a different way than natasha but I could see that, you know, she is filling a void for Clint more so than she might ever do it for Yelena. And hoping that I understood the substance of your question there, Jeff. No, you did. You did. Cyber, what do you think? I 100% feel that definitely the dynamic between Yelena and Kate, Kate and, you know, Hawkeye. I feel that definitely the storyline, what they were going for was to fill the that void of the loss of Natasha, most definitely in both aspects. Um, I think that they did that for a reason to kind of help cope, you know, help them cope in a way. And that's why they had that really massive, you know, kind of interaction with Clint and Yelena at the very end, you know, where he basically says that she sacrificed herself for you know, the good of the world. She did this, she did that. You know, she talked about you all the time and stuff like that. I feel it was a lot about closure is what that whole aspect was about filling those voids for these characters so that they can move on, per, you know, go to the next step in the process of where these characters were going. So that's kind of my take from what all happened and inspired there. Okay, okay. Um. So moving on, 
with the episode as far as the breakdown and the review goes of the Hawkeye finale, the Hawkeye Disney Plus series with Kate Bishop and uh, Clint Barton, our Hawkeye that we all well and know and love, some of us anyway. Um, so Jack, the swordsman, finally has an impact in the show. He jumps in, uh, says some, you know, quippy, you know, line about uh, he, it's time to like, you know, get in the action or whatever. Gets a sword and starts fighting the tracksuit mafia dude and whatnot. And finally, showing us exact pretty much exactly what he is in the series. He's a good guy. He's not a criminal, not a bad guy. Well, maybe he's a criminal, but he's a good guy. He, he's not Eleanor. You know what I mean? Um, you know, he has he he has a heart. He he has ethics about him. So you know that was positive. I like that. He finally became the swordsman in some small way, and he had an impact. Um, and we end up with um, the the tracksuit mafia and Kazi try to kill Hawkeye. Um, then they're fighting Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, and the lumpers come back and jump in once again. The lumpers, and um, you know. Uh, they become a part of the 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 uh, the battle, I, I guess, if you want to call it that, the fight between the uh, the tracksuit mafia, uh, who seemed like they had like 317 different guys on their show on the team during the show, um, and they jumped in. The lumpers um, jumped in and like started to actually like kind of join the fight, right as Clint and Kate were on the ice rink. And um, taking on the tracksuit mafia and using some of their trick arrows and stuff like that and whatnot. We really saw Kate kind of come into her own uh, again, finally, uh, in the finale there. Um, and, and multiple times across the span of the finale, her game really stepped up. She really, she really looked like she really was like, like was, you know, was down to get after it, you know, about her business. Um, she was using her bow and arrow left and right. She was wounding dudes left and right, you know, popping them with arrows, like, you know, on the side and in the shoulder and stuff like that, you know, not killing anybody. Um, really in command, very effective in combat. And, you know, I want to go ahead and just um, bring you guys in. Cyber, if you want to start, what are your thoughts or, or what did you take out of that entire maybe, I don't know, 10 12 minute plus uh scene or exchange that we got there um yeah what scene again please refresh my memory when kate and hawkeye are on the ice rink taking on the tracksuit mafia okay okay they start using the trick arrows and everything like that and whatnot jack like becomes the swordsman for a minute, you know, and like shows his good side and everything and whatnot and starts fighting the tracksuit guys. Um, the lumpers jump in that whole time, that whole scene, okay. that whole scene. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that whole end sequence was just really fun uh, between, you know, the, the use of the trick arrows to them, like fighting coordinatedly on the ice against, you know, the tracksuit mafia and everyone. 
and uh, Jack coming out, he absolutely cracked me up. I love that he came out and started using the sword. It was like speaking swords, Vinny, and some of his lines were just super hilarious. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed that whole sequence. I thought there was lots of great action happening. And then, you know, going back to Lord Deathman talking about the uh, the little guys being shrunk by the Pym arrow in that truck. And then the owl coming out and swooping down and grabbing it was absolutely hilarious, too. I loved it. We were both cracking up while we were watching it. And uh, I, I I have to go with Lord Deathman out there. I would totally watch six episodes of just what goes on with those guys in that little <laughs> tiny band. And uh, to see what happens to them. I would totally agree that with that. Uh, but yeah, that whole sequence is just really well done. I mean, leading up, you know, to the end of the battle, Elnor being arrested, uh, Kate going home with, you know, Clint for Christmas. It just all was so well conceived and so well done and uh, just really enjoyable. Yeah, most definitely. And that kind of um that kind of expands things into the into the finale more than I was uh, trying to like assert or put out, but that's fine. Cyber. That's totally fine. I mean, honestly, um, you know, um, it, it, I think, it, I think it's perfectly sensible, uh, for us to go ahead and just start, you know, dropping our contributions and our comments and everything and our thoughts on that whole scene. And it's, and it's, and it's, and the, uh, and the wrapping up of it, the end of it, and where we end up with, you know, towards the finale of the episode. So I'll ask you, Lord Deathman. Um, you, you heard the first part of my question, but feel free to go ahead and expand your response to incorporate, um, all the events that then go on after the ice rink where Yelena actually is going to kill, kill Kent, Clint, you know, and they talk for the first time and whatnot. And Clint tells her what happened with Natasha to, to some extent. Um, and Yelena doesn't believe her. Um, and we get echo. And another, in another, you know, another connected part of that scene, that those scenes, fighting Kazi, because she now believes that the kingpin was responsible for her father's death, um, and we get kingpin taking on Kate, which was great. Yeah. So, what do you think, Lord Deathman? Well, first off, um, everything leading up to that moment of gravity between Clint and Yelena is pure Yuletide joy. I mean, I think the reason that we're struggling to talk about this episode in any kind of a logical framework is because a lot of stuff happened in it. Once you get out on the ice, you've got the tracksuit Draculas. And for those of you out in the home audience, a tracksuit Dracula is synonymous with the tracksuit mafia. Both terms were used in the My Life is a Weapon comic book series. So you've got the Draculas, you've got the NYPD, you've got the LARPers. You've got the Kingpin, you've got Yelena, you've got Kate, you've got Clint. Um, so there are a lot of different things going on. And I didn't even get to Kazi. I didn't even get to Echo. So you're talking about 10 sort of character stories or different factions to keep track of in the episode, episode as you get to this moment where things get a little darker between Clint and Yelena because she wants some accountability from Clint for Natasha's death. And that's a moment that they had to pay off because they've been building on it since the end of the Black Widow movie and throughout this series. So this had to be an emotionally charged moment. And I think they really delivered, you know, Florence Pugh, as I've been saying 
on other podcasts, talking with the champions. That's total commitment to that role. There's nothing that Florence Pugh does in that role that she doesn't sell to you 100%, whether it's jumping out of a window or emoting over her dead foster sister. Um, even more so than Sein Haley Steinfeld or even, you know, at this point, um, and I'm blanking on his name, the guy who plays Hawkeye himself. Um, help me out here, guys. I'm sure. Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Jeremy Renner. I mean, I think Elaine is bringing a new level of that, you know, Shakespearean English actor type thing to it because I really buy everything she's been doing and nothing uh, was any different in that final fight sequence where she's like brutally kind of hitting him with that electrical staff at the end of it, you know, really trying to just annihilate Clint for his role, for his culpability in Natasha's death. Um, it takes them a while to get to a point where she can have that reconciliation, where she's going to have some catharsis. And I don't think it was really about killing Clint at that particular moment, but really finding some outlet for the grief that she's been feeling, the rage, the anger, the pain. She finally got to sort of release that um, in, in some type of a cathartic experience. So this episode juggles a lot. It deftly moves back and forth between a comedy type situation, some lighthearted stuff with the LARPers. There's that little kid at the party who, who Jack gets a little um, exchange with, a little bit of banter there. Then you're going into darker, more serious stuff with the Kingpin and the Yelena Clint confrontation. So this episode's all over the map, but it still manages to land, to stick the landing, so to speak, as the kids would say. Um, very, very skillfully and deftly done. So I, I am kind of excited to see a little bit more coming from Echo in the future in terms of her series. Um, yeah, you know, as you guys know, I wasn't really sold on that character for the first four or five episodes, but by episode six, I'm softening a little, I'm not saying I'm ready to get the Echo t-shirt, but I'd like to know more. So yeah, um, to, to really answer your question though, once you cross the the barrier into the Rockefeller Center, the big tree and the ice rink and the huge action sequence they put on ice. Um, yeah, the payoff just keeps paying off until the end of the episode with just 45 minutes, not counting the the Roger stuff at the end. They they really nailed it. They stuck the landing with this episode. Yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to be getting the Echo T-shirt either anytime soon because, <laughs> you know, I mean, shit, man. I mean, you know, I made that big effort and attempt to uh, get together with that uh, that deaf chick on Tinder, um, and there was some <laughs> there was some broken down uh, miscommunication between me and her and whatnot, you know, and um, you know, well, I that is what we call irony, Jeff. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, I, miscommunication you know, between you and a hearing impaired woman i mean i was i was really trying to show her my human side my personal side with my with my um my limited sign language you know uh, <laughs> gestures and everything trying to let her know where i'm at like what kind of guy i am well there's nothing more human than that right that's yeah uh, basic you know, biological I mean, function you know uh but um you know i mean uh, she wasn't feeling it and um so i mean at that point um you know uh, i mean shit um uh, i was even going to pretend to use a condom you know, so <laughs> I don't know what else to do at that point. Like, I mean, you know, but uh, no, so I won't be getting the Echo T-shirt um, unless it looks really freaking cool. 
that maybe I might have to get that. If it's really cool, I might have to get it. Yes, but, um, yes, of course. Speaking of Echo, Cyber, um, what do you think? What do you think, Cyber? Where's Echo at right now at the end of the finale? And where do you think she's going into her series at this point? Like, where are things at? Because it, let's just bring in here that there was that point in the finale where she does talk to Kingpin. And it appeared, to me at least, that she still loves Kingpin and is still, like, with you know, down with Kingpin. So, you know, what do you think, Cyber? I mean, honestly, how things are left off, I mean, I have a feeling that the Echo series is going to pick up where that left off. And we're going to see the repercussions of what she did. And kind of show like her kind of her development and growth into the character that she's supposed to be from the comics. And kind of how she changes from the character we saw in Hawkeye to being that full-fledged Echo character. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. What, you know, because like like all of you, both of you were saying, I, I'm not a big fan of Echo either. I didn't think she was that great of an actress. I didn't think she did anything special in the show. Um and uh, so it'll be interesting to see just what the what she brings and if she does give us a solid, uh, you know, mini series to follow. Yes, uh, most definitely. And um, of course, I am definitely looking forward to the Echo Disney Plus series. Um, I'm looking forward to again, uh, really for the most part, uh, seeing Daredevil in it. Um, and Charlie Cox is Daredevil in it. I don't see how it's possible that he won't be. Um, but what do you think, War Death Man? I mean, where do you where do you think we're at with Echo right now? I think Echo has a lot of potential. Um, and I'll be honest with you guys. Again, I'm not really sold on her origin backstory that happened in Hawkeye. I think it is one of, if I could be critical about Hawkeye in certain places, it does ask you to strain. You know, there there are a couple of suspensions of disbelief that go just a little too far in the series, but I think it kind of lines up with the lighter tone of this particular series. And it, that's probably why this series doesn't, like, reach my top five Disney Plus series. Well, there have only been five of them, but it, it doesn't get higher up on the list. Um, there are some moments that I felt were, I guess the right word for it is forced, Um they really, really want you to jump on board with being sympathetic to the Echo character from Jump. You know, they're showing you a really, really harsh and, and sort of hard backstory. You're, you're really supposed to feel that this character is an underdog. And I think that a, a little bit of, you know, was a little bit manipulative in terms of the way they're trying to get you on board for feeling like Echo is going to be the next big thing. But at the same time, um, and, and much like Cyber, I also had problems with her acting. And this is something that the champions, you know, give me a little bit of grief for. But I do think that um, the actress that played Echo, her acting is a little one note. There's a kind of scowl that um, no, Aqua Cox no, does. No, no, wait. I don't believe that word. That's <laughs> yeah, scowl? No. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there seems to be a permanent scowl on that woman's face. So I'm hoping that we can get better range in the Echo series. So, uh, you know, like I said, you and I, I don't think we're ready to get the t-shirt or the Frisbee, or, you know, or the sun visor for Echo, but I'm willing to give it a chance. If um, Kevin Feige felt like 
his people talked to him and made a great case for this show. I trust his instincts as the overall sort of maestro of this ongoing shared universe. So I'd be curious to see what they have in store for it. But right now I'm on the fence. It could go either way for me with the Echo character. I think Echo just scowled at Kevin Feige so hard that he's scared. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> and I actually, you know, honestly, I have some uh, breaking news. I have some uh, some actual B-roll of Echo. Holy shit! Let's just make a McNuggets in yeah, my hand. I don't want to get it. It's 10 30 a.m. We don't serve chicken McNuggets at this time. Ma'am, whoa, 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 Dude, I have no idea. Yes, there we go. Lord Deathbad. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, you know, Nuggets just, just fresh out of the microwave. I mean, uh, you, you might uh, – anyone – that could have been any one of us. I mean, hey, she was about to break off Super Saiyan form and shit. <laughs> she said she was going to take her ultimate form. Um, ultimate form, yeah. yeah I was like, well, you know, um, hey, look, McDonald's, the Nuggets, listen. <laughs> I mean, it, dude, when, it she, might have dropped to come that, when she dropped that ultimate forward line, Lord <laughs> Fan, I was <laughs> like, you got to be. Yeah. Don't let me take my ultimate forward. Yeah. And, and, then she, and then she said she was going to eat the guy's face, too. Like, yeah, she oh, did. Man. She threatened cannibalism on the man. Oh, man. I'm telling you, Echo, calm down, man. Calm yeah, down. But anger's, you know, Echo's got some anger issues. And I want to see a character that has a little bit more dimension than that. And I don't think. um. You know, I'm being unfair in that assessment. Most definitely. I think she just needs a little bit of. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Hot dogs to the face. Maybe Brie Larson can, can give her some acting advice. <laughs> what do you think, Cyber? Uh, yeah, she definitely needs acting advice, most definitely. Uh, I mean, like, you know, Lord Deathman said, she had that scowl that just seemed to be on in every scene she was in. And I get that the character is supposed to be angry, and I get that you're supposed to kind of – but, you know, people eventually, even if they're still angry, their their facial expression changes, and hers doesn't. <laughs> so it's like right. that one note. It's that one note the whole time. And just like I feel her body language and even just her presence in any of the scenes were all very similar. It didn't seem very versatile to me. So, yeah, I feel that she has a lot of – acting ability to gain and to learn uh hopefully you know from this experience she'll bring what she learned from this and bring it to the echo show and she'll improve on it yeah i mean yeah. um you know if i met echo in person and whatnot i'm a pretty dominant guy but like honestly 
um, you know, if she scowled at me too hard or whatever and whatnot, the way she does and shit, you know, uh, probably I would just, um, just crumble and, uh, I would just assume my position, you know, and, uh, let her just go ahead and whatever with me, you know, uh, because I mean, you know, she's intense. Um, you know, uh, she's definitely a fighter, not a lover. I'll put it to you that way. Right. But so, um, kind of to wrap this up a little bit, the Hawkeye Disney plus series. All right. As a total, as a whole, why don't we go ahead and just throw it out there real quick. doesn't have to be a, a big think kind of, uh, type, you know, type situation. Uh, going to you, Cyber first. Can so, can you can you rank can you rank it can you rank the Hawkeye series out of what we've gotten? If if you can't, don't worry, it's okay. Um, out of all five, all five yeah, series. Yes, but uh, but if you can, um, can you at least give us your thoughts on um Hawkeye's place in the Disney Plus series universe? Um and what did work with it? How valuable it, it was? Well, I can give a ranking on it. Uh, actually, at this moment, after watching all six episodes, uh, this is my of the five series. Um, barely bidding out Loki for my number one spot. Um, this last episode really just pulled it in for me. It, it just really made me love the entire series. From, you know, everything from the comedy to the action to just kind of giving us this really great ensemble cast of characters and seeing them all in the same episode. From Kingpin to, you know, to Yelena to, you know, all these characters. And it just, it really just was a really fun series. I really enjoyed it. Uh, every episode I wanted more. I wanted to see the next episode right after watching the episode. Uh, some of the other series did not do that for me. The Falcon of the Winter Soldier did not do that for me, unfortunately. I feel there was a lot of bad reshoots that could have made Falcon of the Winter Soldier so much better. Because I feel that that one suffered really bad because originally that was supposed to come out before WandaVision. So those reshoots really did horribleness for that show, I feel. And then WandaVision, just, it was such a dramatic element, the whole entire series um, there was a lot of greatness to all these, you know, other series, but there's just something about Hawkeye that just really pulled me in and really made me enjoy it. I don't know if it's because I really enjoy Haley Steinfeld. I really do. I think I've loved her acting ever since I saw her in True Grit. Um, and I loved her in Bumblebee. Pretty much anything I've ever seen her, I've always enjoyed her. And I just thought that she was a really good choice for playing Kate Bishop. Every actor in the series is just really good, too. I mean, even though some of them were very one-note, like Vera Farmiga, the gal that played Echo, um, a, a lot of the other sub-characters really brought some really fun to this, like the guy that played Tara. I thought he was really fun. I enjoyed his whole persona in the entire film and kind of how what he brought to be being a part of Echo's partnership. Uh, and then bringing in Kingpin and all that just really was a dy dynamic and fun show. Uh, so yeah, I give it number one. Well, I mean, I think Vera Farmiga was effective in what they gave her to do. I do. Um, I think Vera Farmiga is a professional actress. Uh, I've never seen her do a, a bad job in any role she's had. Um, and she's a unique type of actress. Uh, she only fits into certain dynamics when it comes to film and, and TV and whatnot. 
And um, you know, but I, I think she was okay. I think she did she did her part. Um, and I think that I want to just mention before I go to you, Lord Deathman, that uh for me, I really look at Haley Steinfeld and I think to myself, um, what type of evolution might we see from her as she matures as a woman, um, and as a person and as an actress and reaches a point later on in the future down the road where she starts to consider taking on, um, more adult, um, you know, risque, um, dark, um, mature type material, um, you know, where that'll go with her. You know what I mean? If, you know, what, where she ends up at. Um, and I see a bright future for her no matter what. But I do believe at the end of the day that her talent outshines what she can do with the MCU. And she'll be bigger than Kate Bishop when it's all said and done 20, 30 years down the road. Lord Deathman, same question to you as I gave to Cyber. Absolutely. In, ter in terms of um, the Hawkeye series, its placement, and what you thought it brought to the table. Well, as the Disney Plus Marvel series body of work continues to grow, I just want to put it out there that I thought it is exceptional overall. The production quality, the continuation of the stories, I think they're doing a really, really good job overall. Now, um, unfortunately, I can't go to the same place as Cyber in terms of ranking Hawkeye as the number one favorite for me of all of the Marvel Disney Plus shows. It actually is my least favorite. Now, again, going back to my earlier caveat that all of the, the shows are very strong in some way or another. But for me, I, I think Loki really hits my number one spot, probably shared with... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think Loki is just this epic poem of science fiction and fantasy and world building, which is where I live when it comes to Marvel comic books and speculative fiction in general. Um, there's just no limit to the imagination of that as a science fiction fantasy show. And the character development and building that you get with Loki, I think, was first class. The same thing goes for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, although I will admit that Cyber makes a great point about its shortcomings in terms of obvious sloppy story reworking and editing that they had to do that was related to the pandemic. I think it shows a lot in those last couple of episodes. But if you're looking at two shows which are meant to sort of say pass the mantle, a Hawkeye to a Hawkeye versus Captain America to Captain America and the legacy of the shield. Uh, Captain America, um, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier strikes me as a stronger thematic depiction of that. Whereas it was very light, breezy, like a Fred Astaire two-step is what you get with Hawkeye. Lots of Yuletide fun and holiday glee. But again, there were certain moments where I felt like, um, not that things were cliched, but you're having a fight on a rooftop, somebody gets thrown over the side, and your opponent is willing to kind of stand by for two minutes while you assist your friend who you need to sort of drag up the rope. And I'm like, okay, obviously, you know, they, they want me to suspend a little bit of disbelief here every now and again. And I think it punched very, very small holes into the Hawkeye show. 
Um, but well, where I do think well, Death Man, if you don't mind me, just real quick, um, I think I get where you're coming from. That I think there was a little bit of this going on with Hawkeye. Indeed, uh, a little, just a, a a tiny bit of suspension of disbelief. Did you see? Did, yeah, did, did you see that connect that connection there, Lord Deathman? Yeah, yeah. There, there was a shaft there, and this is a show about a guy who uses a weapon that has a shaft. So I'm definitely seeing the linkages there. But, there you um, go, Lord Deathman. You brought up shafts earlier, so I wanted to go ahead and just back you up there, Jeff. You know? I always appreciate you bringing me back down to earth um, when I'm too far up my own ass. And uh, I, I will say, though, that I enjoyed Hawkeye. I'm going to end my, my rant there. But I will say that I think some of the other shows in the Disney Plus roster, in fact, all of them, maybe barring what if, I think all of them have actually been a little stronger than Hawkeye. But that's not to say that I didn't enjoy this series. Well, I would say that I would agree with Lord Deathman, not on all his points, but his his premise is sound. Um and, um, you know, and I feel like, you know, essentially we all can debate, you know, when it comes to, you know, the, the, the value or the, or the, the, the ranking of these Disney plus series, if anything, um, I feel like we're probably at a point that would be a really good time, uh, a good timing, you know, a good position and timing for us, uh, in the fandom, um, to probably start thinking and planning a show to actually focus on and break down all the Disney Plus series that we've gotten, rank them, um, talk about them, do segments on them, and do a whole show where we just kind of get into like everything that we've got from Disney Plus. I think we're due for that. Um, yeah. You okay, Cyber? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, of course, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I just want to mention to Lord Deathman really quick that Lord Deathman, I am sorry that I have not been um, uh, there physically on the last couple of recordings on the podcast of Champion. Um, I've been feeling a little bit under the weather, sir. I understand, and it's the holiday season. People are busy trying to do things with their families. You know, it, it, we we love to do this kind of thing, Jeff, but we make allowances, so we've missed you. And, you know, we can't wait to have you back after the holidays to, um, you know, to discuss the finale. No Way Home yeah. was a huge blitz for the fandom. Yeah. Uh, Multiverse of Madness teasers. Did There's you guys a lot not, to talk did about. Did you guys end up not doing the Spider-Man review? They did the Spider-Man review. I was unable to join myself. So I'm in your shoes there oh. because I couldn't even see the movie. I didn't see the movie until yesterday. Well, Lord Deathman, what that means is if me and Cyber throw together a Spider-Man review here uh, shortly, you are more than welcome to join us. I am itching to talk about No Way Home. So if you put it together, brother, I will be there. Oh, come on, man. I feel yesterday was the day to go see it or something because me, you, Renee all saw it yesterday, Lord Deathman. So that's that's <laughs> odd. Hey, 
you know me, Lord Deathman. If anybody out there is already planning right now in his mind a Spider-Man review, it's me. I'm ready to rock and roll. Look. All right. All right. I mean, hey, I've already got three or four different shows I want to do that I've got planned in my mind, and they'll they'll happen because I don't play around. Um, but uh, I do want to just mention really quick that Sakar.freeforums.net, the podcast of champions, is a major longtime friend to the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Uh, they are our compatriots. Um, they cover the same topics and the same content that we do. Uh, they expand that um, into different elements of the fandom. Um, and I want to just, you know, again, as always, um, reach out to the podcast of champions. Um, they are, my, they're my good friends. Um, and I personally, uh, true knowledge, uh, Jeff S I, um, I record on the podcast of champions on the weekends, uh, usually every weekend, just not, just not the last two. And I can tell you right now, um, we, we bang out some good content and, uh, those guys have become like my second family. So, um, you know, when I'm not there, I miss them, and it hits me hard. Um, I hate missing a show. I do. I hate it. Um, Jeff, take it easy on yourself, man. We totally understand. Listen, yeah, we know you're going to be back in the fold. Yeah, you're a champion. No, but you know me, Lord Death, man. I, I'm a soldier, man. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, the idea of, like, me skipping out on a recording, it's just, you know, it's unfathomable. Um, but, so... This pretty much is the end of our episode, our show this evening. This is the end of our Hawkeye review. I have no doubt that there will be further conversations down the road about the Hawkeye series, about Kate Bishop. Um, you know, and I think I have no doubt that um Oh, I'm sorry. I have no doubt that that grandmother uh, was jamming it out. Um, she was definitely, yes, she was in her full form. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, her ultimate form at that point. Um, I mean, she was headbanging at a level that I can't even touch. Uh, but so I want to go ahead and just really quick, um, just on my part for the bleeding edge and for cyber, um, mention that we really appreciate Lord Deathman for being here again as a guest. We missed you. Um, you're always good for us and we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate your contributions um, Thank you. to Cam, um, you know, and, and um, you know, we really appreciate Cam being there for us tonight, even though he could only make, you know, half the show. He was great. He always is, you know, thank you, Cam. Uh, thank you to geek news now network. Um, and uh, shout out to Renee. Uh, Renee, you've been very impactful and very uh, much a team player all the way through the Hawkeye series. And we definitely really appreciate that. Um, you know, and, um, you know, and uh, as far as the other guests that we had on earlier, uh, I'm just going to forget about that whole situation. And, um, you know, um, things happen, I guess. But um, at the end of the day, we, uh, we love what we do. Um, we care about the MCU. We love Marvel. We love everything Marvel does. We feel blessed to cover this stuff. It's a great time. We have a lot of fun. And we're fans at the end of the day. That's all we are. We're fans just like everybody else. Um, you know, I'll leave Cyber 
with the plugging. But I will just go ahead and say, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please follow the podcast on whatever directory you go on to consume podcasts. And uh, follow any of us, any of our social media accounts. We are the MCU's bleeding edge on every social media there is. Um, and besides that, I uh, really enjoyed doing this review. It was great. And thank you to everybody out there in the audience. Uh, Cyber, plugs. Well, of course, if you enjoy our content here, definitely check us out on the other social media platforms like he was talking about. You can find the MC's Bloody Edge on pretty much anywhere. Uh, you can also find our solo stuff on other apps such as Rizzle, TikTok, all that good stuff too as well. Um, if you enjoy seeing us here, definitely check out our solo content. You can find me under Cybernetic Shark pretty much on any uh you know, of the social media platforms from Rizzle, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, anything you think of, YouTube, definitely check out that channel. I do my reviews and stuff like that that are different from what I do on the MCU Splitting Edge. So definitely check that out. And uh, of course, you know, definitely check out, you know, Mr. Lord Deathman on SakaarFreeforms.net, of course. Also check out our website, too, that we have up yes. that we, you know, do as well, the MCU Splitting uh, definitely check that out too because uh, Mr. Jeff there puts in a lot of work on that and it's uh, a really fun site and you can send us questions if you have and all that kind of stuff on there too as well. So you definitely can. check that out. Yeah, and all uh, our content's on there too. So if you want to catch any of our shows from six months ago, they're there. Um, yeah, they're there. You know, so, you know, they're there. Um, and I want to just put it out there too that um, I, of course, really genuinely appreciate working with Cybernetic Shark. Um, he is a good friend of mine. A very loyal friend and a very consistent and reliable co-host. And honestly, I think that probably at the end of the day, um, I'm not that experienced in the game. I don't know everything, but honestly, I think that probably anybody would be pleased and content and feel good about having cybernetic shark as their co-host on their show. Um, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, if he wanted to, he could, um, you know, go into his ultimate form at any time and blow me away on the show with his abilities. <laughs> um, so he's just basically taking it easy on me um, and letting me, you know, do my thing, um, you know, out of uh, him being so humbled. Um, but Lord Deathman, would you like to plug anything? I would like to take a minute to do a quick plug for my colleagues, my friends, my surrogate family at sicar.freeforms.net check out the forum at that web address you can also check out the podcast of champions on youtube got a lot of exciting content that we've already done we do reviews for hawkeye we are going to do the finale for that after christmas we just did no way home we've got echo in the pipeline and the champions are not missing a beat come early 2022 as we lock horns with the book of boba fett Check it out, YouTube, the podcast of champions. Uh, and I'd just like to wish all of the folks who are listening, if you made it this far, happy holidays. I hope you're safe, happy, and well. And finally, I'd like to thank these two gentlemen for having me on the show. It's always a blast talking with uh, the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Well, Lord Deathman, you are very popular as a guest on the Bleeding Edge, my friend. I will tell you the stats prove and show <laughs> tangibly that uh, – People the analytics seem, are there. Yes. People <laughs> seem to be very receptive to uh, finding out that you are on the show. Uh, when I when I put videos out and everything and whatnot, they like you. Um, Outstanding. That's great yeah. to hear. 
um, you know, and, and even with you just being audio. So just imagine if you actually were physically on here. Like, Uh-oh. I mean, um, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, start a petition, and I want to ask the fans out there, and you can go ahead and reach out to us on the website or whatever in the comment section. What do you think about the idea that maybe Lord Deathman should finally just give in and accept the fact that his best uh, decision he could make would be to join the MCU's winning edge team as a full-time member and start grinding this shit out on a regular oh, basis. Oh, you know, because I mean, hey, go. you know, like uh, what we could do uh, with this content as a team with Lord Deathman on it could be legendary. So, you know, I just want to put that out there. Um, people, let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, but I want to mention that uh, off what Lord Deathman said, that the people at Podcast of Champions are my friends. They are. They're my family, and they're like my, my second family, and I feel like a champion. I feel like a member of the team. I care about the Podcast of Champions. I care about their success. I care about their content, their team, all of it. Um, and if anything, if there's anything I can do, in 2022 to elevate the podcast of champions and bring what we do over there to a higher level and to more people, I will sacrifice whatever to make sure that I put the time in to make that happen. Um, you know, and besides that, so uh, I just want to say real quickly that, um, Hey, you know what? Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Merry Christmas to your families. Um, have, have a wonderful, you know, holidays. Um, we wish, you know, we wish everybody well, um, we hope that you had a great year. We hope you have a great new year and we hope that everybody has a awesome and new and, um, energetic and, uh, optimistic and surprisingly positive 2022. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, for cybernetic shark, uh, for Jeff S true knowledge for Lord death, man, the MCU's bleeding edge is not going anywhere. So at the end of the day, on Wednesday evenings, no matter what happens, You'll find us getting after it, banging out, slamming ass content left and right, handling our business, you know. And uh, beyond that, um, the sky's the limit. There's big things happening with the bleeding edge. Our future's looking very bright, 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 you know. So stick with us because you never know. Um, you know, we could get lucky and break out in 2022. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll blow up. You know, but either way, we'll still be here. We'll be here. You'll find us Wednesday nights getting after it. So for everybody out there, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for supporting the MCU's bleeding edge. Thank you for enjoying the content that we make. Um, if you don't like our content, please let us know and point out exactly what we're doing wrong so that maybe we can improve that situation. Or I can go ahead and just tell you to go fuck yourself. You know, whatever. <laughs> either way. Um, but, um, we love y'all out there, um, and peace out. It's going down.